You, my friend, are listening to The Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you, as always, by listeners just like you. Thank you so much, Made to Death Bodicus, Wicked Good, Brett Ard, Mr. Jones, Lindsay W., and Avantes for making this show possible. You can join them and get some great perks for yourself over at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. And be sure to join the Happy Hearthstone newsletter. You'll get updates whenever I come out with new content, and you get a free download of Guide to Great Hearthstone Streamers Checkout. You can sign up for free over at thehappyhearthstone.com slash newsletter. Hello and welcome to episode 191 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown, and this week, we're feeling more heroic. It's time to rise above the meta, rise above the dragons. Actually, I don't know if we can rise above them. At least maybe we can get higher than Mogu Flesh Shaper, but we'll see. And I'm here, of course, with uh, the guy who's going to lead us to victory. That's Wicked Good. What's going on, man? You don't get much higher than me. Wait a minute. That does not sound (laughs) That's not a good idea. Let's not go there. There are better ways to say that, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm happy to be back as always, and uh, you know, talk about all seventeen thousand five hundred sixty-three of these cards that we have remaining to uh, to discuss. It always feels like a lot on the second <laughs> round, even though like we had more classes last time. We've got far more neutrals this time to talk about, although. We tend to fly through those, so I'm sure we'll be okay. Steve, yeah. we we have a lot to talk about, obviously, and if uh, if you have not listened to part one yet of our Descent of Dragons review, please stop listening to this and go in your podcast feed and listen to part one first, because we lay the ground rules and everything. We went through priest, rogue, shaman, warrior, warlock, and the neutral legendaries in that one, so we're going to pick back up with the League of Explorers classes and all the rest of the neutrals today in this episode and it's always fun for the second part because we've actually had a chance to play with these cards now unlike last time but uh, Steve it seems like things are really heavily weighted in a class and it's not the one that you're usually excited about playing no it's 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 the one I don't think anybody's excited about because it's it's been weighted that way for the last two months but it's funny because normally when we're doing this second part like we've already seen all the decks and we kind of have an idea and it makes our our evaluations a little bit more straightforward and i don't feel like that's super the case this time Mm -hmm. because yeah um the expansion really releases next week when they do this when they when they release ballads changes to address galakron shaman because it's just oppressive as anything right now Mm -hmm. um and and i don't think either of us really thought that i mean we we knew it was powerful i don't think we thought it was going to be as powerful as it was Mm -hmm. And um, it's just kind of choked out every like it's been the last time that I went to HS replay and sorted on decks and it was all one deck. It was back when Zoo was bugged because of uh, because of Rafam. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and and I don't, I can't remember the last time that I've gone into HS replay and just seen like the first full page of decks was just one deck. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Galakron Shaman, if you're listening to this before the. We don't know what the balance cha- what the balance changes are going to be right now because we're recording this on on Saturday, but uh, there are going to be ga- balance changes. So you, if you are still opening packs, don't dust anything right mm-hmm. now. Wait for them to announce the balance changes because you might you know hit the jackpot. 
And uh, if you want to play Galakron Shaman, I would say smoke them while you got them because that deck <laughs> yeah. may not be around for very much longer. So so the, the tweet that you referenced there from uh, the Play Hearthstone official one says, we're currently working on a balance update that will arrive within the next week containing adjustments for Descent of Dragons, including some changes aimed at Shaman. Any cards that are affected will be given full Arcane Dust refunds. Stay tuned for more details next week. So as you're listening to this, as this episode is being released, there's a good chance that those have already been announced now. So go check them out. Um, and I, I think that, yeah, like you said, there have been very few times when we've been overwhelmed by any one uh, archetype. But I've actually been taking on some of the social media responsibilities with just Replay. And we were uh, working on assembling the data for a post we do uh, called the Metapulse, where we like look at win rates and popularity. And it, it was insane looking at not only how far up Galakron Shaman is compared to everything else, but then when I was working on a post about decks against that... There were two decks with a positive win rate. That's Holy Wrath Paladin and Quest Hunter. And Quest Hunter barely had a positive win rate against it. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty obvious that that this thing is a beast that needs to get solved. I'm glad that they're working so quickly on it. Uh, the truth is that something like Mugu Flesh Shaper and Mutate isn't helping the problem. There are probably right. pieces other than that that need to be addressed. But at least... Um, at least they could have seen with some foresight that that's not going away anytime soon. And uh, yeah, this just basically pushed it over the edge. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that part of this is that there's uh you know, they, they used up some player goodwill with leaving evolve the way that it was sure for as long as they did. So, and in fact, especially because it's the same class that was like oppressive for two months and then, they're, we're coming in and then having the same class being oppressive again. Like I'm, I am glad that they were willing to step in this quickly. It, it also says to me that because it does take time for them to like, when they recognize that there's a problem, it takes time for them to devise like whatever the right change is going to be and then do all the prep to get that to happen, which says to me, and, and I think Mike today said in, in an interview that it takes them about two weeks to prep a patch. So either everybody's working overtime this weekend or they kind of had an idea that this might be a little overtuned, but they weren't sure. And so they let it go live to see what it was going to be like with more data, saw it immediately that it was what it was, and then already had a fix ready to go. Yeah. And so I think that with the holidays coming too, they recognize we can't delay this one. We need to be more aggressive about fixing this because the lack of fixing Evolve was more about the future rather than the present. They recognized it was super, super oppressive, but didn't really have the time because they were working on balancing other stuff. So I'm glad they're they're making some adjustments. Um, and yeah, I'll be eager to see what these are, of course. And uh, as you said, smoke them while you got them. I did get up to rank five with Galakron Shaman. No shame at all. <laughs> yeah. and, and learn to play the mirror because you're going to be playing yep. it a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so we, we jumped ahead with the news. That's, uh, that's really all the news. And I will say that as we're looking at these classes today, um, normally we would approach these saying, oh man, we've gotten to play with X or Y, but because Galakron Shaman is such a problem right now, uh, we, we are going to be a little bit more speculative because it would be really boring and inaccurate for the future of these cards to just say, well, this isn't good as, as good as Galakron Shaman. Yeah. <laughs> so we're kind of going to put that to the side, assume that they're going to fix that and look at these cards more from the lens of has it been working in other matchups? And do we see this being a viable archetype for the future of the game? 
game, essentially. But before we get there, Steve, I, I completely forgot, uh, you know, we just blitzed through news and stuff in the yeah. last episode. I'm not going to forget this time. Tell me why you're happy before we jump into all this. So um, so I told you last week I got this new PC, so I've been kind That's of right. getting myself back into PC gaming. And I so I got this subscription to Xbox Game Pass that came with the Ooh, computer okay. for three months. Nice. So I've been just using that and, and starting to explore that. So I I was just playing like Everspace right before we were recording. Mm, I got cool. to try out a couple games. I got it comes like the Outer World is on there. So I got to play that oh, for a nice. little bit. Yeah, I've heard great yeah, things. Yeah, it's it's only $5 a month even if I decide to keep it. So That's pretty insane. It's um yeah, and I got like 4 months free with it. So it's like, okay, great. So I got all these games for 4 months mm-hmm. and um they just they just announced a battle royale mode for Forza Horizon 4. <laughs> I saw that. that I'm, I, I have it on the Xbox, but I never get to play on the Xbox because it's connected. To the t- it's basically our street, our like Roku box, effectively. Mm-hmm. It's on the t- the bedroom television, so I very rarely get to play on it. But I have this hooked up to the PC, so I'm looking forward to uh, to trying that out later and and seeing what that's all about. Because that'll be fun. I love the Forza games anyway. Like Forza Horizon is a really great series, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the hell they're doing with the battle royale. I hope it's at least <laughs> as weird as uh, trying to build an auto battler into Hearthstone. Yeah, it's not going to be like <laughs> Twisted Metal, is it? Where you're going to like have weapons and stuff, or is it? I don't think so. Okay. I, I would imagine it's going to be if it's going to be anything. It's going to be more like Burnout. Where oh, Burnout games are lots of fun. Yeah, because I mean, you can like r- you know bump into each other and try and knock each other off the road and stuff like that. So I don't know if it's I, I don't know anything about it other than it exists. So I'm looking forward to getting into it later, but. Um, so why are you happy this week? Um, I'm happy because we are getting ready to head out for, um, for, to, for DC to be with my wife's family in a few days. And we kind of were looking at this week, uh, this past week, as insanity that would never end. And while we still have a lot to get done before we're completely ready to get out the door, it feels like it's been a lot more manageable. Um, we actually got to have a family Christmas on Saturday morning. That was a lot of fun. Um, just before we get out with them, we could kind of open presents and have some family traditions here. So it was, uh, yeah, we've had some moments of a lot of peace and a lot of fun in uh, in the insanity of getting everything done, getting the house ready. So we, we actually have a family that's going to come stay in our house um, because they were coming in in to town for the holidays and needed a place. It was kind of a perfect uh, um, perfect storm there because we need someone to watch our dog. And so, but the reality is we need the place clean for them and we haven't touched areas oh, yeah. of our house in a while. Big surprise. Oh, I'm sure we're the only yeah. family especially, that does that. <laughs> especially when you got a, when you got a, a, a newborn in that, in the yes. house or I guess not really an infant, I suppose, but yeah, yeah it's, it can be a little bit hard to keep up with all that. I mean, hell, I've got 12 and 10 year olds and it's hard to keep up with some of that stuff. So <laughs> right. it's not like it gets that much easier, but yeah. especially because once they start moving around, they start actively, you know, wrecking the work. Yeah. What's up with that? We up. need to, we need to figure yeah. that out. Um, and, and honestly, like, even though we've had this, this problem with, uh, with Galakrond Shaman, I'm still enjoying just the fact that there are new cards to play with. Um, even in the midst of that, I, you know, I, I blitzed the way to, to rank five with Galakron Shaman so that I could start trying other things. So I got to play, um, Admirable and, uh, and Zelay came up with like an Invoke Warrior that's, uh, that's pretty fun. Uh, I was playing with, what was it this morning that I tried out? Oh, uh, Highlander uh, Rogue from Jambra. So there, oh, yeah, there, that looks good too. there's still some innovation happening. It's not all necessarily viable. Um, especially if you're anywhere, uh, anywhere under legend ranks, essentially, you know, uh, the best of the best can rank up with whatever they want potentially. 
Um, so, but I, I'm happy to have some fun and kind of learn those decks, especially in preparation for what will be hopefully a more diverse meta. And it seems like the groundwork honestly is there as long as there isn't something super oppressive for there to be some very viable archetypes in a lot of different classes. So I'm really glad they're approaching this and, uh, hopeful that we're going to have one of the best metas in a while after this. Yeah, there's like a lot of new decks that are coming out. Like I've been playing a lot of Dragon Handlock. I've been enjoying that a lot. Oh, that's um, right. No yeah. Hands Gamer just had a just had a list that's mm-hmm. it's as close to Mind Blast Priest as I feel like I've gotten in the past year. Um, and the, you know, there's a, there's a lot of variety. The only problem is that you just it's Shaman so overtuned that it's it's pushing a lot of that stuff out. So I think right. once that comes back down to earth, there's going to be a lot more room for a lot of these other strategies to to come in and have room to uh to to experiment with some of these things yeah. which will be good uh you know i think that it, it's there was some controversy also i mean we talked about it already there's some controversy about like how could the qa team miss that it's like, oh right right there's there's like a thousand cards in standard mm-hmm. it's uh, you know when you have a small number of people who are trying to test something it's not the same as having like the entire hearthstone community trying to break the meta all exactly. at the same time on right. day one and, you know, they may have tried this and not hit on an, on a refined build and figured it was it was OK, but not busted. And then, you know, somebody's going to come up with the optimal build mm-hmm. and then it's just more stronger than they thought it was. I mean, I, I you know, there's been some talk about should they have a PTR? Maybe um, that would be helpful just to get them some more data before they go live, especially if they're already doing pre-releases and giving streamers access to the cards ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if you're going to like say, well, if, first of all, you not all the blame should go on the on QA anyway because they can only balance the cards that they're given. Initial design seems to go really hard on Rush mm. to the point where they might have broken it. Right, right. And and so there's only so much you can do to balance those things after the fact. Um, but also just like there's a lot of cards and it's and a lot of different ways to build these things and you know it's hard sometimes hard to see what's going to happen you know ahead of time you know and and we don't know how many things they caught right. Like, there may have been a number of things that they caught that they didn't let through to go live, but it's like that old saying about, well, you know, if you're the police, you have to be right all the time, and the criminal just has to be right once. <laughs> right, right. Because, right? like, uh-huh. you know, you let one thing through and everything goes to hell. So it's like, you know, people aren't perfect. And as long as they're willing to fix things, that's what we should be focusing on. And they clearly are. So that's that's really promising from this perspective. I had a joke a while back when you said that you were playing um, Handlock. Yeah. I haven't actually played Handlock, but I kind of have because I've evolved Mogu Flesh Shaper into Zuraku more than once. <laughs> and I actually used a Cobalt Lackey to hit my own face so I could summon a 6-6 six, six from Oh, that. my God. That's so funny. <laughs> so, anyway, that's just a side note. But, um, but yeah, let's go ahead and jump into these cards because we do have several to get through. Uh, like I said, we're going to hit Druid, Mage... Uh, Hunter and Paladin today, along with our neutral legendaries. So it should be a lot of fun. And uh, I think there, there are some pretty big implications for each of these classes too. So uh, why don't you do the honor, Steve, in kicking us off with uh, the Druid legendary here. No Galacrons so, for these classes, so each of them yeah. will have two legendaries. A little less iconic than in the past where there's been like a minion and a spell or something like that. Uh, for Boomsay Project or a quest or or something, but well, they do have side quests though. They do. So we should probably talk about that really quick. Sure, go that's ahead. A new, that's a new mechanic for mm-hmm. those classes. So side quests are um, are spells that are they they show up as a quest with the class's color instead of like the yellow one, and you can have two of them in your deck. They don't start in your hand, and you can discover them and generate them from random effects. Mm-hmm. So generally, it's the same thing as a quest. It's got a quest and then a reward. 
Um, the reward just happens immediately, and um, the quest is generally a lot smaller than like the main quest. You're not going to build around these. It's just right. something that you can do, and then you you do it, and then eventually it triggers once you've fulfilled it. Mm-hmm. And they won't start in your hand. I think you mentioned that. Um, but yeah. that's and you can and you can generate them randomly. Yes. So um, which is which you can't you cannot do from the quest. And I believe they show up in arena. Unlike the they quests, should. Yeah, I think I so. I believe though. I don't. Mm-hmm. I we'd have to check that. I haven't. I haven't seen it, but. I believe that they show up in arena as well. Yeah, we've um, we've also got cute baby dragons, and those oh, are yeah. those are all sorts of fun. Um, and I don't think there are any other. Well, there's some themes with like spells yeah. while you're holding a dragon, and I think that's about it. No, there, nothing else that we haven't talked about yeah. in the other classes. I don't yeah. think. I, obviously, um, Galakron was a really big deal for the League of Evil classes, and so. Um, the League of Explorers got a little shaft in maybe the flavor of things, but uh, certainly not in the power level of these cards. So um, we'll keep the four yeah. and five train rolling here if I have any say in, <laughs> in this. <laughs> uh, so why don't you go ahead and talk with us about Ysera <coughs> Unleashed here? Yeah, so Ysera Unleashed, the nine mana four twelve dragon. Battle cry, sh- shuffle seven dream portals into your deck. When drawn, summon a random dragon. So as long as you have... First of all, if you can play this and not die, I, I was making a joke because we've been talking about from the beginning of this year, there was something about one, one of the designers had said it was a kind of meta where if you can stick a Ysera, you win. And I was been joking that maybe this is the Ysera right, that they right. were talking about instead of the other one, mm-hmm. because it doesn't really do anything immediately. But that value, especially if you play it late and your deck's relatively empty, you can vomit a whole bunch of dragons onto the board all at once, and it gets nutty in a hurry. Mm-hmm. So it's it, you kind of have to, and, and any deck that's going to run this is probably going to be running like Nourish, um, like a quest. I've seen this in quest in in the few quest druids that there were before those got pushed out entirely. Um, just because you're going to be running Nourish, you're going to be running card draw, and if you can just draw one, they're all cast when drawn. Mm-hmm. So you can like do you can draw one and then you all of a sudden have a full board of dragons right and dragons on gen on average are fairly well statted i think we were mm-hmm. we were guess guesstimating last time around seven seven worth of stats so mm-hmm. even if you just get like one or two on the board for free that's a lot of stats on the board yeah. you just need to be playing a playing a deck that can get to this quickly enough and you know can ramp yourself up that you're going to be able to play this early enough but you're going to be able to get away with not dying yeah i mean druid has the ramp they have the draw capabilities, uh, even just with Nourish, really. But if you do some kind of Miracle Dragon Druid variant, you can draw through and just get a bunch of beefed up bad dudes and do some work, yeah. you know? The, the low rolls are those baby dragons that we'll be talking about uh, later, but all of them at least have some kind of effect that could still help you. Um, and and the high rolls of getting a Deathwing or getting a in a classic Ysera or something like that are just pretty. Or Zoraku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are lots of high rolls to this, so I really like the card. The biggest downside is just not doing anything for one turn. But I think this kind of deck just wants to play one big minion each turn and uh, get into a late game board status where they just overwhelm you and you can't keep up. So. I think this is a good start for the reviews. Um, I could go four or five, honestly, on this. Yeah, I think I think it's probably four, though. It's a five when you get it off of Dragon Queen Alexstrasza. Oh, good which lord! Which happened to yeah. me the other, the other so day for, for zero mana. You got it for yeah. off of her. <laughs> no, my okay. opponent did. They oh, got they got a, they, they got a Ysera <laughs> and another Dragon Queen Alexstrasza. 
And <laughs> the good news is it doesn't loop into that, right? So all, yeah, no. I, there are a lot of battle cry dragons, especially in this set, and all of them will just be big stats. But because you're getting them for free, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but I think it's a four, and it's a good like late game bomb. Yeah. I mean, it might replace something like a King Ferris. Yeah. In, in a quest druid just mm-hmm. because king ferris could kind of be boomer bust and this at least will get you like incremental incremental value over the course well, of like the rest of the next year your next turn so. the only thing is those two cards are probably going in very different decks because um with ysera you you don't really want many spells or i guess you don't care about spells as much but with feoris you really mm-hmm. have to put a lot of high cost spells in order for yeah. it to make sense anyway right in so. arena it's probably a four two because it can uh, i i'm i'm I don't know. I mean, it's probably closer to a three, I would say. I It's it's good stats, obviously. And like there's a well, I don't know. It, it all depends on the on the status of the game. Essentially, it's not going to help let you get ahead very quickly unless you draw. So, OK, I can go down to a three on yeah. it because um, I mean, think about the, what's going to happen when you play this. I mean, you're you're playing a four twelve. It doesn't affect the board mm-hmm. and you're you're not going to be drawing as quickly as you would in constructed. Like you're not going to be able to design your deck to draw through it to get to the yeah, cards. Yeah. Right. So like it may be like three, four, five turns before you see anything come out of it. So it, it might help you with incremental value for the, for the rest of the game if you're top decking, but uh, unless it's very, very late, it's probably not going to make a huge impact. So I, I think it's probably a three. Like but it's it, still, again, it's still better than a yeah. lot of the a lot of legendaries you would pick. I, I would probably still argue a four. I'll, I'll go with you on a three just because there are plenty of games where it's not going to do as much. But as long as the game isn't ending anytime soon, you've got at least you're giving yourself a chance in the future of getting ahead on board, which is a big deal for Arena. So, yeah, that's um, not wrong. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it at a three though. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Goru the Maitri, seven mana, five, ten legendary with taunt battle cry for the rest of the game. Your treants have plus one, plus one. And I have dreamed about treant druid for a very long time. <laughs> and I'm, I'm very happy with the treant, uh, synergies. This isn't the main one from this set though. This is just a really cool payoff. I mean, it's an ancient of war yeah. that auto picks the one that you always pick. So that's perfectly fine stat wise. Um, and at seven mana, it's going to help you bridge into the late game and basically upgrades anything that spawns a treant a little bit. So it's kind of a power of the wild that is a lot slower. I don't think this is the thing that makes treant druid viable. It's probably on the lines of, of mulch muncher where it's a good card that you'll put in that deck because if you draw it and play it, it's just fine, but it's not like in order for a an archetype like that to work, you have to have some cards that are bombs that really make things come together. And this isn't quite that. It's still good, but it's yeah. it's not gonna tie it all together. It's a good support card. Like you don't need it mm-hmm. in the deck, but and, and which means it could fall out potentially. Sure, yeah. Um, it could. But it's like it's a power of a wild, but it's a permanent power. The it's a permanent aura. So right, it's right. like for the rest of the game is is a big difference. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, and you're going to be generating a lot of treants in a deck that's running this. Yeah. And it also is not, it's not embarrassing to play on its own. Like you can find a spot to play a seven out of five, 10 taunt. Sure. Yeah. In, in a deck like that, and then be able to, to use that to, you know, give yourself another turn to find all those treants. And then it's like, you're trying to buff the, tr- you're buff trying to buff all the minions anyway. Mm-hmm. So a permanent buff isn't bad. I think that it's going to go in that deck. And and in arena, it's a seven mana five ten taunt. That's fine. Yeah. You'll you'll take that over a lot of other legendaries. Yeah. So yeah, I think four is across the board. Is, exactly is where I would what be I was thinking. This. 
And it's one of the few that I haven't pulled yet. And I'm, uh, it's, it's in my sights for the future. Yeah, I I did pull it. But the problem is right now that two, two treants don't line up very well against rushing two ones or eight, eight, um, (laughs) or or for that matter. Yeah. You don't really get to build a board and keep it against uh, Galakron Shotguns, but you know, I've, I've seen a couple of promising looking lists for next week. Yeah. Yeah. That might be a little bit better. I'm excited to try it. Um, secure the deck is a one mana, a one mana side quest. The side quest is attack twice with your hero. Reward is add three claw spells to your hand. So I guess if we're doing some sort of a miracle druid, you would play this mm-hmm. and, you know, or, or if gonk is going to be a thing again and gonk oh. hasn't been a thing since like, <laughs> it was like, since druid was broken. Good. Right, right. Um, like I don't, I like, I, it's a fine, it's an okay spell it gives you cheap spells in order to be able to cycle if with auctioneer if that's what you want to do mm-hmm. I, I and three claws are like what six da- they, they do plus two attack right plus yeah two attack, so plus two armor yes that's exactly yeah. what it does yeah so it's like okay well it's six damage eventually mm-hmm. um you know maybe but outside of like a gadget and auctioneer deck i don't see where you put this yeah i think it needs a lot of help I think that you can figure it. This would be helpful for those decks, though. It's not going to be the thing that ties it all together. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the way you're thinking as far as could you use this with a Gadgets and Auctioneer is the right way to think as opposed to can you use this with Savagery because you shouldn't be playing Savagery. Oh, please. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, t- what, no, two bad cards. Do- one, no, another, don't. Adding another bad card to your deck does not make a Pro- bad card good. Probably the biggest upside to this card is that it's so easy to complete. I mean, you're going to be hero powering and attacking at some point, and that's all it, it asks of you. So really, Unless you're running the quest. Um, right, and yeah, you don't. You don't put these two together. You don't so. put this in the quest druid. Yeah, don't I, put this in quest druid. I think it's probably a three in constructed. <laughs> yeah. Just I can go up to on there. on yeah. the merit that it's so easy to complete, and there are some implications. I don't know that it's a great card, but um, if that side quest were any harder, if it were like deal two damage in uh, in two different turns or something like that, that no. But I yeah, yeah. I, th- I think a three is right for constructed, and a two probably in arena. Like there's way less. Uh, possibility i guess actually you're generating some some removal spells essentially that can stack or be uh, manipulated in a way that helps you on the board i think two's probably still right yeah. there though i, I mean it, yeah if you if you draw it in your opening hand you get to play it on curve sure if you're top decking this it feels awful because you're gonna it's gonna take you at least two turns to, to see any value off of it right um and and like whenever you see a cheap spell like this in druid especially when chef nomi's a thing like you, you do have to be thinking about a, a cheap spell that gives you cheap spells. Like okay, well I can pair this auctioneer, mm-hmm. and then maybe I can do something like a Mechathune Druid or a, or a Nomi Druid. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I don't see really where you want this. Yeah. But yeah, three three in arena, three in constructed two in arena sounds good to me. Cool. All right, next one here is Embiggen zero mana epic spell. Give all minions in your deck plus two plus two. They cost one mana more up to ten. I have a feeling we could spend the whole episode talking about this, Steve, because um, I think we're coming at this a little bit different, <laughs> differently. Well, I've, I've come around since I wrote that, since I wrote my notes okay. in, the, in the spreadsheet, too. Well, cool. So I, it may, I, we may not be as far apart as you think. Okay, well, that's cool. Like, from the beginning, obviously, there's implications that are kind of similar to Prince Kaliseth, where you're you're buffing your whole deck. The fact that the, that there's a, a downside for this zero-minute spell is great, uh, as far as design's concerned, but... Um, 
my my big thing is I don't even care that I'm upping the mana cost of my minions because in a druid deck I can ramp and kind of nullify that essentially. Um, the the big thing for a deck with Embiggen, and there are several that have been going around, is that you have to have something in that early to mid game to really stretch into the late game where you're just playing bigger bombs than they were before. And hopefully you can out-tempo your opponent if they're playing a slower deck. If they're playing something more aggressive or with as much removal as something like Alcron Shaman has, then you don't have as much of a chance. But I think it's an interesting card, and um, yeah. So tell me where you're at now after after. Yeah, all. I mean, I, so originally my thought was, well, this is Surrender to Madness and Surrender to Madness was bad, right? right? And, and <laughs> it, Surrender to Madness is bad. And and I think that Druid's a little bit more equipped to deal with it than Priest is. Because first of all, Druid wants to be playing minions. Priest doesn't always. And Druid also has ramp. Now, there's a certain point where ramp doesn't help you anymore because these minions are always going to cost more. And you're um you're you're eventually going to hit ten mana crystals and not be able to ramp a ramp to get around that right right um but I now I, what I don't know and I think it works this way mm-hmm. is if um juicy psych melon respects the cost of it in the deck I think it does no I think it's the adjusted cost actually no um, the, the yeah that's what I mean like oh, the okay. adjusted cost so if you yeah. add one to it. Like, if I add one mana to a Ysera, do I pull that as the 10 drop with... Yes. Um, I, okay. And I say that mostly because every list that I've seen doesn't run any 10 drops in it. It's only 9 right. drops. So I assume that they do that because um, because they, you're, you're they want... that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then, I mean, because when you're trying to build, like, a Dragon Druid, which is really, like, the use case for this, like, the 10 drop dragons are Deathwing end of list. And you don't really want to run Deathwing in a deck like this. Um, but being able to run the rest of those and still be able to use Psych Melon to pull those out um, does help out a lot. So I've, I've come around to this. I think it's. I don't think it's great. I think it's good, and you'll probably play it. But I'm not super excited about it. Yeah. But I think it, that that makes it a three. Where I was at a one to start with. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think it's probably a three. It's a cromulent card. And that's um, right. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go much bigger than that. Okay. Uh, in in arena, I'm not sure that you really want. I mean, the big thing is yeah. that it could it could help you out tempo your opponent is the, is the big deal. And I I think one thing that was on my mind I do want to say is that taunts are really important for this also. So stuff like Anubisath Defender or the uh, the dragon that we'll talk about here in a little bit I think are re- especially help for Embiggen to do some good work because it's it's putting up a wall against your opponent, not just hoping that they'll. Yeah. Um, that they'll trade into your bigger stuff. They're probably going to ignore your bigger stuff and just go face. So in right. arena, I'll probably go. I don't know. It's it's a one or a two. It's, I'll I'll let you make the call. I, on that. I feel like I am being too harsh on it if I give it a one. So probably a two. Like there's value there to be able to Kaliseth your deck. Um, there's a lot more punishment to increasing the mana cost in arena just because you aren't going to have consistent ramp. Sure. Yeah. But also the extra stats will make up for that later. So it's probably a two, but okay. you probably wouldn't want to draft like more than one of these. And it's really going to be important to get it early, I think. Sounds good. Because like you top deck this, it's going to feel miserable. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um. So Breath of Dreams is a two mana spell. Draw a card. If you're holding a dragon, gain an empty mana crystal. So um, huh. this is wild growth. <laughs> this is wild growth that always draws you a card. If you're playing a dragon deck, which you are if you're playing this this card. And, you know, Dragon Druid right now is not good. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily a sign of anything. I don't think it's a permanent and, thing, yeah. 
it it may not be a permanent thing. It may not even be a six set thing. This might be a four set thing, mm-hmm. right? Like some of these some of these decks are not going to be good now, but once we hit rotation, they will be. Mm-hmm. I think that this could be one of those because we're going to have a lot of dragons and a lot of support for just big stats. Where a deck like that in a four set meta will generally be a lot more uh, a lot more viable than in a six set meta where there's a lot more things that you can do to counter it. Mm-hmm. So I think that it may not be right now. It may not be even between now and April, but at some point this card is going to be a big deal mm. and you know in that deck it's going to be key yeah there's just uh, like even two mana draw a card is okay it's not the worst thing in the world you know right um so i i yeah i think it's just an easy five and constructed it's one of yeah. the most I, we, and we talked about some really powerful spells about if you're holding a dragon in the last review so i i i think that this really is the cream of the crop though so in arena i'll probably give it a even a well, like, especially with how many dragons there are now in the set, it is a little dependent on that, but I think it's still good because if you have two dragons, it's probably really worth it. And even if you don't have them yet, I would consider it. So I would even argue a four probably in, in arena. Well, how often did you draft wild growth in arena before it got nerfed? Never. So, yeah. So that should pretty much inform this card. too. But right? drawing, because, like... but drawing cards is really important in arena. Well, but you would draw cards with wild growth too if you were at ten mana. I mean, this is going so. to give you the card always, but I think that its ramp is generally not as valuable, and just two mana draw a card is not good enough for your deck. In arena. Okay. Okay. So I, I I'm leaning more towards a two. Okay. On on this in arena, just because like there are other things you're gonna want. And generally, you're not gonna draft like a ramp card like this unless it's doing something else for you beyond just like drawing a card. Yeah. I'll, At least it's replacing itself, which makes it a little bit better than Wild Growth when you're using right. it for ramp. That's Let's split the much. difference and go for a three. Okay, that's fair. And we I think that. I think that'll be good. Next yeah. one here is Tree Enforcements. One mana spell, choose one, give a minion plus two health and taunt, or summon a two-two treant. This is another one that I've kind of changed my mind on a bit, because at first I was like, I mean, you only use this for a two-two treant, because the uh the plus two health and taunt just is not interesting to me. Um, but then I started realizing that our old friend, uh, the one mana spell where you could summon two one, one or saplings or something like that. Can't um, remember the name of it. It was like a TGT card. Oh, um, uh, oh, uh, living roots, living roots. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it was all over the place in aggro or token druids. And so I, I, I think that just, especially because any tree and druid, there's nothing really to play on one yet, especially something that's helpful for the strategy that you just slot this in to have a free treant for as a 2-2, which is perfectly fine. Or as a 3-3 late game for one, I mean, there's worse things you could do than that. And the fact that it's flexible to buff up a minion in that late game circumstance might actually might actually warrant its inclusion. I mean, it's also just a one-mana 2-2. Like, worst case, right? It's a yeah. one-mana 2-2 that happens to be a treant. So, like, you would play that in aggressive... You would play Enchanted Raven... In aggro, oh yeah, before. oh yeah, all the time. So, mm-hmm. so like this one that has the flexibility to buff up a minion if you need to, mm-hmm. um, like or you know if you get it off of like, um, off of worthy expedition, mm-hmm. then you know you can use that as well. Yeah. You know, summon a two two and buff a minion. That's pretty good. So yeah. I think this is. I mean, you play Titanic Lackey, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's. I mean, you don't have a choice. Well, it's because really. it's in your hand. <laughs> yeah, because you're getting it. I like, don't know how often you're discovering the Titanic Lackey and choosing it. I like sometimes the, you do though. The only time yeah. I really want a Titanic Lackey is when I play Sludge Slurper on turn one and have the coin and my opponents being aggressive. 
then I love putting up the taunt and the extra health because there's a good chance their thing's dying and my sludge server's still living. But yeah, yeah I, I'm fine on it. I think it's probably a three. Um, yeah. and, and we'll find its way into plenty of decks. And in Arena, it's probably about the same because it's... I think it's better than that even. You think it's a four? Yeah, I mean, you. how often would you draft a one mana 2-2 two two in, in Arena? Like that's pretty a, often, right? Well, the problem is in the late game strategy, it's a really bad top deck. So if I don't have anything, on, yeah, if I don't have anything on the board and my opponent's winning, if, yeah, this you, doesn't help if me you at don't all. Have any, if you don't have anything on the board, sure. If you have anything on the board, now you have a taunt. Potentially, yeah. Well, you you have a taunt, but if they have really low health, it's just going to die. I, yeah. it's fine. I'll, I, I would it's go a three. I would go. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think I think my gut says three. So if you're willing okay. to go there, I will. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, it sounded like you were at a two, so you know we can. No, I can if I could talk you up to a three, then that's no, I, fine. I think three is perfectly fine. Okay, um, but All let's right. move on to the exciting card. Well, one yeah. of the exciting cards for this set, Aeroponics, is a five mana rare spell. Draw two cards, cost two less for each treant you control. So before with Goru, where I was saying that uh, this isn't the card to tie it all together. This is the card to tie it all together because this is essentially a free draw two cards along with force of nature or forest aid. Uh, Even landscaping makes this a one mana draw two cards. So there are a ton of different options that allow you to cycle through your deck and get more more stuff for either buffing your board or creating a board. Um, I, I didn't know this was the card that that deck was missing, honestly, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, this is like a, practically a golden craft if I'm going to be playing much tree and tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reason that token decks have not been good since rotation is because branching paths went away. Mm. And I mean, branching paths, I mean, branching paths was literally everything that it wanted. It gave it both burst and draw but that draw was how you would use that like a lot of the time if you needed to Mm -hmm. and and that hasn't had that really i mean and like this reminds me of like solemn vigil which which was Mm. used in a lot of like the aggressive like murloc paladins and and aggro paladins which or or even like uh anything paladin right where if it would get one less for every minion that died that turn and you know you could generally had enough minions that you would be able to discount it and play it for free. This is the same type of thing. And being able to just draw two cards, you know, with and develop in the same turn is really, really powerful. So yeah, I think it's the reason that you want to play tree and druid. So that makes it a five. Yeah. And in and, arena, I mean, if if you can have one treant on board, then it's an arcane intellect. Uh, but otherwise, which otherwise is probably going to happen more often than not, it's not great. Um, I'm yeah. I mean, anytime you're evaluating for arena, you're taking the synergy. You're, you're just assuming these synergies aren't going to happen. Right, right. So this is right. five mana draw two cards. Yeah. Are you ever drafting five mana draw two cards? I don't think you are. If you don't have other draw options, then it is better than nothing for sure. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, if you don't have other draw options, you might just want to get better cards in, in your deck rather than one that gets you two for five mana and doesn't let you do anything. If I'm time. in the last five cards of drafting my deck and I don't have anything that draws, I would take this in a snap. Um, but I'm also not a 12 win arena drafter, so maybe that's fine. I, I, I would go down to a one on it for sure. Yeah. I think it's a one. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think you, I think this is like a last resort type of thing. Yes, like it would have yes. to be up with uh, some things that are not good. Yeah. Um, so next up is a Emerald Explorer, which is a six mana four, eight dragon taunt battle cry, discover a dragon. So each one of these, of the Explorer classes gets one of these discover a dragon dragons. Um, this one happens to be very big. Um, four, eight and taunt is a lot for six mana. Mm-hmm. 
Um, if you're playing Dragon Druid, like this is not the reason you play Dragon Druid, but this is it. This is going in every Dragon Druid that you. Yeah, play. yeah. I've always looked at the problem with Dragon decks in the past as being the mid game. And so something that not only you can play in the mid game, but you can also make sure your hand is filled with dragons still for your future and any other cards that are if you have a dragon. I think that that's exactly what the archetype needed. So I I agree. It's not why you play it, but absolutely two of these in every dragon druid deck. And um, and I mean, you could go infinite with this. You're probably not going to. But even if you find another one, it's just really good stats. So I think... In my mind, this is just a five because it's an auto-include. Well, I mean, I think that it's an auto-include, but it's a piece. It's not the build-around. Yeah. So that's why I was kind of going to a four with it. I mean, you can move, you can include it in other decks, but it's not go. It's not going to be an auto-include in anything that's not, like, specifically a dragon deck. And even in the dragon deck, like, this is a good reason to play it, but it's not the reason to play it. It's just a supporting cast member. Okay. I I can go to a four for those reasons. Um, Although in arena, I will argue a five because it refills itself and the taunt is just so good. Um, And dragons are good. And you have, you're going to have lots of dragon synergies. You're going to need to power. Yeah, no, I can, I can get on board with that. Cool. Yeah. Next here is the Shrubadier two mana one, one battle cry, summon a two, two treant. So this is not a, uh, in, in, or a, an incredibly vis- visually appealing uh, effect in any way, but it's fine. And, you know, for the early game where for trance or for token decks, uh, a two mana spawning a two, two or a, a two mana that gets three, three worth of stats on the board seems really good, especially when you could combo it in those decks with something that buffs your board. I mean, we've got now par- power of the wild and blessing of the ancients. And so either one of those is going to be perfectly fine with this. So I'm I'm higher on this card than I was initially. I don't know what other cards at two mana you want to play in that Treant deck other than like Power of the Wild. Uh, Dreamway Guardians, maybe? Yeah. There aren't any other Treant creation effects, though. Landscaping, no. I think, is the first one. So between no, this and Tree Enforcements, yeah. you can get a Treant out on almost every uh, every turn. I think four mana might not have anything. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, well, Soul of the Forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that requires you to have a board. But yeah, I mean, you're again, you're if you're playing Druid, it's this is not the reason you're playing Tree and Druid, but it is going in every Tree and Druid. Yeah. So that's a four. I mean, so, we just talked yeah, about four that, is perfectly right? like, fine. Yeah. And I think and, and arena, same for it's Arena. Three, it's it's three. It's three three for two. Like yeah. okay, you play that. So mm-hmm. that's a four two. I would yeah. say. I would agree. Okay. And now, why I'm is sure- she spinning an acorn like a dreidel? By the way. I mean, that's what it looks what like, she, at least. Maybe she's dro- she, she's dropping the acorns off a wall as defense. That's what she's doing. It always looked like it, she's at a table, like an inn or something, and she's spinning the acorn. Well, I mean, maybe you know she's you know chopped up one of the treants to for firewood to wow. fry the latkes, and now she's got to play some dreidel. You that, know, that got dark really fast. I, I know. <laughs> Listen, it's not my fault that they're flammable. Hey, that's you know. <laughs> They got to work on that anyway. <laughs> anyway, so um, so strength in numbers is a one mana side quest. Uh, spend ten mana on minions. Reward summon a minion from your deck. I mean, you will do this. Um, if you're playing a big druid style deck, you'll have big minions that probably don't have battle cries or death rattles. But again, it's going to mean it, it's it's the same problem that you had with recruit warrior way back in the day, where it's a recruit effect that summons anything indiscriminately, it affects the way that you build your deck such that you are only putting big bombs in there and it makes you very vulnerable in the early game. The ramp does help with that. 
Um, I, I, this card is probably fine. You're probably playing it in one of those decks, but it's going to be, it, it feels like it's going to be a little bit less exciting than it should be. Yeah, it's definitely less exciting, but here's where I was sold on this card is talking about recruit, especially for warrior. They had a card called gather your party. That was six mana right. recruit a minion. This is a one mana recruit a minion because the thing it asks yeah. you to do is play minions, which you're going to do in that deck. So it's it's delayed gratification, but it's essentially a recruit effect that in the big Dragon Druid deck, Emerald Explorer is probably the worst thing you could get. That taunt's still fine, especially if you hit him big in on it already. You wish that you got in the battle cry off, but you won't. I guess you could get Ysera unleashed and you and you miss out on that. But I think still the one just the the fact that it's one mana to get there makes it good enough to include in the deck. Well, okay, so let's let's follow that through right because mm-hmm. if you get this in your opening hand absolutely like you're going to summon 10 mana and you're going to spend 10 mana on minions it will it will get procked if you top deck this in the late game this is abysmal because what you're doing is you're basically not doing anything this turn and maybe not next turn right because Correct. in order because in order to spend the 10 mana on minions if you're not actually drawing a 10 mana minion the next turn it's going to be two full turns before you see any value off of this, mm-hmm. and you're basically playing a one mana spell that does nothing, hero powering, and passing. But that is a so, very that is a very specific situation where you have no cards well, in hand, which is which is which is an uh, argument well, for I don't sure. Think it's that I don't think it's that specific that you run out of value in the mid game and you're relying on a top deck to draw something. But this deck is also running nourish, which means you draw three cards and then you just fit this in with anything else you have, which I think is just as viable yeah. as a situation. So I don't say to negate it; I say that. That both are possible, and I think because of the upside, you'd still run this. Yeah. I, I would still go with a three on it. Um, yeah, but it I th- probably is. I th- I'm I probably th- being a little bit more down on it than I ought to be. I'm just trying to think about like, and and I think this is an important thing when you're evaluating. Yeah, cards, yeah, totally. You have to you have to kind of figure out what the high what the high roll situation mm-hmm. is, what the low roll situation is, yes. and then how often is it going to be somewhere in the middle? Mm-hmm. And I think it probably will be somewhere in the middle more often than not. Um, but it's also important to keep in mind that you can't just think about the high roll or the no, absolute no, no. high roll that yeah, has yeah, to yeah. low roll with, the, with yeah. a card like this. This isn't a card like Tyrion Forgering that's just always right. going to be good no matter what, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think there are going to be more mid to high rolls than the the low, and it's going to warrant its spot. So I, I think a three is fair for that. And in Arena, I don't think you ever... No. Uh... No, you never do because it's, I mean, like, what's the what are the average stats of an of an of a, a minion in arena? Like three, four, maybe, yeah. Like, so you're you're so sacrificing you're a top deck in your deck to in three or four turns summon a three, four, yeah, probably like, not. that you may have needed the battle cry off of. Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah, I yeah, I'll go down to a one. I think there are some drafts where you'll still want it because if you get it early in the game. It yeah. could help you out tempo and just get something else on the board for one mana. So yeah, like if if well, recruit your party was one mana, I feel like that would have been played all the all the time. Yeah, you know? and this is I, asking I mean, a I'm not going down to zero that, on it. Yeah, yeah, like, like I'm fair. yeah, like I'm not going. I'm not saying it's a zero. Like even yeah. a one, even a one in arena. Like there are very situational drafts where you will draft and it'll be it'll pay off for sure. you. But sure. I think those are going to be very few and far between. Yeah. All right, well, let's roll along to Hunter. So we'll we'll kick it off with the legendary dragon, Varanus. A six-mana, seven-six dragon. Battlecry, change the health of all minions to one. 
So we've seen Eadric the Pure in the past that changed all enemies' uh, minions' attack to one, but this is health. And this combos with the little card called Unleash the Hounds to basically give Hunter a pretty reliable board clear. And even if you don't have that in hand, there's a good chance with all the rush minions, with Desert Spear, with, um, what do you call it, uh, Spring Paw. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that you can use with this to clear stuff out. And I, Hunter already had Deadly Shot, which is fine. I, I feel like this card is already proving its power now and is only going to grow stronger with time. Yeah, I mean, I think that... I'm not going to say this is not good, right? Like, it, it's objectively good. Mm-hmm. I think that the ceiling is a little... Or the, the floor is a little bit lower than I think people think on it. Because, mm-hmm. again, it is a card that needs support. Now, if you have that support, it's great. If you're, again, in the late game, if you're top decking... Just setting all the health to enemy minions to one, if you don't have a board, doesn't help, right? Like, sure. you do need something else to do, and Hunter is not known for wanting two-card combos to do almost anything, except mm. for kill command your opponent in the face. So, so I, I I mean, I'm not saying that this is not a good card. It's not saying that it's not going to end up in a Highlander Hunter, because, I mean, Lord knows you're going to have room for it in a Highlander Hunter. Mm-hmm. And you're probably going to be probably looking for some sort of Dragon Synergies, but even the Dragon Synergies are not that great in yeah. Hunter. Um, but I mean, you'll, you'll play this because it'll give you a chance to clear a board when you need to. And, um, and the big, like I, I was watching Dexter a lot this week and, or listening to him in the background at work essentially. And he was trying to figure out his quest hunter list that he took to legend. And I think it was around rank two that he was just like, I just need to try Varanus and see how it works. Yeah. And from then on, he was the prophet of Varanus, like <laughs> the, yeah. the the rest of the time, because it just gives you options to get rid of stuff. So yeah. um, I, I wouldn't go lower than a four on it for sure. No, I, I would say it's a four. And, and in Quest Hunter, I think it actually is a lot better than it is in a Highlander Hunter, yeah. because like all of your like most of your minions have rush and you you generate them in bunches mm-hmm. and a lot of them have one attack. So in yeah. that deck specifically, I could see this being an MVP. I just think that people are going to slam this into Highlander Hunter and think it's going to save them and it's not going to it, all the time. It needs some help most of the time in order to get there. There's yeah. just a lot of good options, especially in Quest Hunter for that. I, I'd probably go four also in Arena for yeah. basically yeah. the same reason. There's a good chance that you'll have something that could combo with this. Even if it's an Eaglehorn bow, um, you know, you'll do that sometimes to so just get rid of something on your opponent's side. But um, and, and the stats are fine for what it is. So yeah. it'll, it'll and you may not good. need to clear the whole board. You may just need to get rid of it of an annoying taunt. Right. 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 And like mm-hmm. this is going to be good enough for that yeah. if you have like any sort of a board. So yeah, I think it's probably a four in arena as well. Cool. Um, Dragon Bane is a four mana three five legendary mech. After you use your hero power, deal five damage to a random enemy. So um, six mana, play a three five, do five damage. Seems okay. I mean, in a face hunter, even in you know in a mech hunter. Um, even in a Highlander Hunter where you'll have room for it. Yeah, there's lots like of places you, for it. <laughs> you know, you have, you have, um, Ursatron and that'll draw this and that'll mm-hmm. get, it'll do some, some additional damage or clear something out of the way. So I, I, and a four mana three, five just on its own is fine. Yeah. Right. Like that's not a, that's not an embarrassing minion to play. And then you could put Snipsap on it or Zilliox on it. There's it, it, this is a good card. It's just a generically good card. Yeah. It's not, again, it's, you're not building around this, but it's a generically good card that would not be hard to slide into a lot of decks. I didn't even think about it, but like, I mean, it's dealing so much damage too with its effect. Um, but Five you, is a lot. But you could uh, magnetize uh, the poisonous mech onto it. I can't even remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Venomizer. Venomizer. And and then you're for sure clearing whatever. Yeah. If your opponent just played a Sarah or something, then uh, as long, well, if it hits face. 
Yeah, I, th- I think this really slots in well to a lot of places, and that's just about it. Um, I think it's either a four or five. I could go. I could it's, go either way. Honestly. It's probably a four, just because it's not going to go in every deck, and it's not a build around. So yeah, in arena. Yeah, I, so it's, I, I would. I, it's probably a five. In I arena. would go five on there. Yeah. You, I mean, you know, how are you getting better than this, right? Like at a legend in the legendary spot specific, specifically. Yes. Uh-huh. Like when are when are you gonna when are you gonna do better than this? It's a, it's a fairly statted minion that has a here it has an ability it has text on it that you can trigger without any additional support, and it's a legendary, which means that you're gonna be offered trash alongside it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it probably is a five. Yeah, it's just good. Next one here is Toxic Reinforcements, one mana side quest. Use your hero power three times. Reward summon three one one leper gnomes. So I wanted to believe in this card when we first saw it, and I think I was right uh, to want to believe in it because this isn't like the most effective burn your opponent down immediately kind of thing, but similar to the side quest we've talked about so far, this really isn't hard to pull off because you're going to be using your hero power, especially in something like a face hunter deck. And unless your opponent has a mass dispel, that means that you're also going to be dealing six damage the next turn or if they have to trade for whatever reason. So I I don't think it's the best card and it could fall out of favor, but just the fact that it's one mana deal six uh, makes it decent, I think. Yeah, I think I think it was Board Control who put together a face hunter with this, and I, it looked reasonable. I also saw Viper had a list too. Okay, yeah, and and some people have been trying this, and again, in a face hunter and aggressive hunter, like you're gonna hit your you're gonna press the button. That's what you, you should yeah. be doing. That if <laughs> you're playing part of face hunter correctly, <laughs> like you should be pressing the button a lot. And mm-hmm. if you're pressing the button a lot, then that lets you do additional damage. So I think it's fine. And the deck that wants it is probably a four. Yeah. Um, it's just that not every deck's going to want... Like, I don't think this is a very flexible card. I think you really need to be going with an aggressive strategy to get this to work. Mm-hmm. But if you are, then here you go. I was thinking more of, more of a three, probably. Because, yeah. like, it's, it's it might fine. Get cut. Yeah. It's fine, but I think that there are going to be better cards for yeah. that deck. Um, in Arena, it's probably a... It's probably a two because you're still going to be using your hero power and maybe it's just enough to bridge the gap. But there's a lot of other stuff you'd pick over this. Um, It's very slow. Yeah. It's very, very slow. And the payoff in arena is not great to have three one ones, like unless you're really close to finishing them off already and and your opponent could just ignore them. It's not like in constructed where you can make use of those and kind of get them down consistently and then use this to carry yourself over the line if you top yeah. deck this you're going to be miserable well the the one upside to arena is that those one one bodies aren't nothing either you know yeah. even just the fact that they can trade into stuff so i i wouldn't go lower than a two probably on it no i think it's I, a two i think I two think, is reasonable yeah. i just don't think i don't think you get particularly excited about drafting no no, no 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 you don't um Stormhammer is a uh three mana three two weapon doesn't lose durability when while you control a dragon so if you're going dragons then this is what you want. If you're going secrets, you go Eagle Hornbow. I don't think you ever run both. Um, in a Highlander Hunter that's moving away from secrets, which we probably will at least after rotation, if not now, because Subject 9 is going to go away, mm-hmm. um, then maybe this is going to be more of the way to go, and that'll be the, the weapon of choice. Because a lot of times, like even if you use it up, like it's not the end of the world, and if you can keep a dragon on board, this gets oppressive in a hurry. Yeah. So I, I think that there's not really a great spot for it right now, because secret... Highlander Hunter is so much better, and there's not really much of a reason to go dragon all in Dragon Hunter. Mm-hmm. But in a Highlander Hunter come April, maybe this is a little bit better. When you think about the the upside of this card is similar to the Rogue Hero Power, where on most turns you're going to be able to hit something with your face. And the big problem yeah. Rogue has always had is in getting health back. 
And it get, it gets me to the point sometimes when I'm playing rogue, if I'm not paying attention, then I'm like, holy cow, I'm at eight health. Yeah. How did that happen? You know, and I realized I was yeah. trading too much. That's the one downside to this upside that you're going to be in a similar place with Hunter. So I, I think it's potentially strong in the deck that wants it. Just be careful. Uh, I, I, if, if nothing else is just three damage that you're going face with yeah. every time, which that can win you the game. So you're I, a hunter. I just hit them in the face. It's, it's yeah. simple. <laughs> That's <laughs> what you're trying to do already. I think it's probably a four because it's, it's yeah, got, could, it's got a lot it. of upside. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it may not be a four today, but it, it, yeah. it will be a four at some point. I think. Yeah. I, I would say arena. It's probably the same. Like, I mean, even just a three man, if it's a fiery war axe, yeah. then whatever, like weapons are very yeah. powerful in arena. And if you get the upside of this, that could actually be the thing that wins you the game. Yeah, I, I think in arena, arena weapons are a premium because you it gives you removal that you can use over multiple turns, and it gives you a way to ha- to get back initiative. And this is a fine like a three mana three two is fine. You take mm-hmm. that all the time in arena. This has a little bit of upside. It doesn't even matter if you never play it with a dragon to get the extra swings off of it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a four. Right on. Okay, next here is Face Stalker, two mana, two, three beast. After you use your hero power, cast a secret from your deck. Holy cow. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, I'm even trying to think of something that that um, that tutors out a card that, and plays it immediately. What have we had that does um, that? Patches. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's a very good example. <laughs> Um, the, the fact that this can do it indefinitely if you have multiple secrets in your deck is crazy. The stats on it are fine. Uh, it's not going to it's not going to threaten your opponent based off of its stats. But if your opponent knows that they're <laughs> what this thing is doing, they're going to take care of it as quickly as they possibly can. Uh, for this to even be a four mana two three beast play a secret from your deck is great. And I, probably most of the time you're going to wait until then. Um, but good good lord, if you get one. Uh, instance off this thing you're totally fine yeah i mean i i think that like the card that i look at like because whenever you're looking at a card like this at least in a in when you're working on a non-rotation set is like okay well i've got a deck where does this fit it fits mm-hmm. in highlander hunter obviously because sure. highlander hunter yeah, yeah, on yeah. secrets mm-hmm. okay what am i taking out of that deck well mass contender sucks yeah oh and, yeah and oh, yeah. and it's it's nothing a lot of the time it's a and three minute two a, four it's a three mana two four most of the time, mm-hmm. unless you happen to be able to get it down with the high roll of actually getting it down with a secret in play. So what this does is a it's a beast, b it's a two drop if you want it to be, or it's if you want to play it on four, it's a two mana two three that also pulls a secret out of your deck. Mm-hmm. Now I know that I've seen like people like Sadisi who I look at when I'm looking at Highland at, at Hunter. And and Highlander Hunter specifically, but in Hunter in general, because he knows a lot more about Hunter yeah. than I do. Yeah. And I know he's been down on this card. I'm, I'm pretty sure he might have changed his mind since. I, I don't think he particularly liked this card um, just because it is kind of slow. It is a little bit. I'll give you that. But but I mean, at the same time, it's if you're playing with Secret Synergies, Mass Contender is just a bad card yeah. in a lot of the time. And this is a straight up upgrade aside from the fact that it costs one more mana. I, and I think so, the big thing is you're never excited to play a Secret but in a lot of hunter builds, they're kind of necessary because of the big upside they have, like explosive trap or rat trap, those kinds of things. So for this to get it out of my deck and get it onto the field is just too much of an upside to to mess yeah. around with. So I, I think it's a five, honestly. And I would think yeah. all of that without the beast tag. That just sends it over right. the edge to me. 
Well, I mean, you're not excited to play a secret because that means you have to draw the secret, but you're excited to get a secret out of your deck so that you're not exactly. drawing it later. Exactly. Um, that said, I think it probably goes down to a four only because you're yeah. not building around this card. It's not, it, it's, it's going to be useless in the late game probably mm -hmm. because if you play right now, especially if you've played subject nine, it's just not going to do anything. Right. Um, but it's still an upgrade for mass contender and it's going to make its way into deck. So I think it's a four. I'm totally fine with that in arena. Yeah. Uh, in Arena, it's a 2-mana two 2-3. Two, if you play any secrets, it's going to be amazing. If you're not playing any secrets, you still would draft a 2-mana two 2-3 two, beast. So that's probably at least a 4 in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, 4s across the board. Yep. We can do that. Okay. And uh, is this me? Yeah, this one's you. Okay. Um, Clear the Way is a 1-mana side quest, summon 3 rush minions, reward summon a 4-4 four, four griffin with rush. Um, this is going in every quest hunter and, uh, justifiably so, because this is ridiculous mm -hmm. in, in quest hunter. Like you're playing again, this is not, this does not go necessarily in a Highlander hunter. You probably don't have enough value to proc it, but in quest hunter, like all of your minions are rush, mm -hmm. like your spring paws are rush. You have diving Griffin. You have all of the minions that come out of the desert spear. You've Swarm got of uh, locusts, hunt, just straight up. Well, that's a, that's actually, actually do that, that, that actually doesn't work yeah, because, yeah. What happens is that you summon all the minions and then this triggers, so you actually get nothing if you play it. Oh, that's okay. So that's the one downside. Play, play um, uh, with caution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So be be a little bit careful. That's one thing you do need to know if you're playing this in Quest Hunter that Swarm Locusts because it lets the whole card finish proccing and then it procs the side quest, so you won't have room on your board with Swarm mm. of Locusts. Yeah. But like anything else, like Henchclad Hogsteed is fine. Mm -hmm. Um, like if you're playing Unleash the Beast, you probably wouldn't be in a in a, in a quest with all the Lynxes that come off of Halazi. Like there's a lot, most of your minions are, are cheap and have rush and you can generally get this to proc on the turn that you play it. Um, again, it's not the reason you're building that you're, you're not building the deck around this, but you are putting this in every quest hunter. So I think mm -hmm. that's a, a clear four. Yeah. I think, I think it's a solid four. everything yeah. you've said in arena. It's going to be very draft dependent. I would probably put it yeah. as a one just because yeah, you probably. can't reliably get rush minions. If you do, then like, if you already have like, I don't know, five or so, I would say, then go for it. A lot. But yeah, it's got to be quite a bit because you don't even know that you're going to be able to draw those cards. So, yeah. Um, and Agreed. the card that you mentioned was Diving Griffin, which is a three mana, four, one beast with rush battle cry, draw a rush minion from your deck. So this replenishes itself. It is a three mana deal four damage to something on the board. It's just it's just solid in every way. It's Ursatron only with rush stuff. So this will this will pull the other diving griffin from your deck. Uh, it will pull Springpaw. It will pull uh, Henchclan Hogsteed. I mean, it just helps you to continue dealing damage to the board. So it's just it's solid in every way. I don't know what else you would ask from this card. Yeah, I mean, I think that our rules for five are either is it a build around or is it an auto include in basically every deck in that in that class. Mm -hmm. And I think this falls into the second category. Yes, I would agree because like there you're you're playing rush minions in hunter. It probably doesn't matter what kind of hunter you're playing. You're playing you're playing rush minions. This is a minion that all that is going to be a th a four damage removal for three mana and draws you a card. Like it does not get better than that. It is not hard to fit rush rush minion. It, what what is it asking of you? Play rush minions. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm a hunter. I'm gonna do that. I, I think I can handle that. Right. So right, I think exactly. that I think that makes it a five. And even in even in arena, like you're gonna have some rush minions probably. And even if not, this is a three a three mana deal four damage. If you if you have one or you, two you, rush minions, yeah. it's perfectly fine. And yeah, yeah, as a three mana deal four damage to anything, you'll just take that. So yeah. like. 
I think it's a five there too, just because I of agree. its implications. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, corrosive breath is a two mana spell, a common spell, deal three damage to a minion. If you're holding a dragon, it also hits the enemy hero. Um, Hunter needs removal. Uh, this is cheap removal. It's the dragon synergy is nice when you get it. I don't think you need it to play it, but I don't know that you'd be going out of your way to include this over something like an arcane shot or rapid fire or something like that. Um, or, or mark shot. Uh, Mark Shot's a little bit more expensive, but that gets you more spells. But, you know, that's like it, it, the, the breakpoints matter a lot. Three is a is a higher breakpoint than two. So sometimes that'll matter. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know how how much you're going out of your way to play this outside of like a dragon Highlander Hunter. Yeah, it, it just like quick shot we had was two mana deal three damage. And if you if your hand is empty, draw a card. And you just threw that in the really aggressive decks. Well, but that went face too. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, this goes face as long as you have dragons in your deck. So I think if you're running some kind of dragon hunter, you always put this in there because the fact that it uh, it removes something and it continues your progress of killing your opponent, which is kind of what you want to do, it's just really strong in that deck. So yeah. I, I think it's probably no higher than a four. Um, yeah, I think four is fine. I mean, in a, in a Highlander Hunter, right? You have room for this. Oh, yeah. Like you, you're going to you be playing. Room. You'll play, yeah. You'll you'll play enough dragons that you'll get the effect like fifty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. It's it's not taking up a lot of room. So in a Highlander Hunter, I think you'll find room for it. If so it's you're probably a four, yeah. If you're playing like a Malagos Hunter too, you've been hanging out with Sean Smoker. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be hanging out with him soon, hopefully. And in yeah. Arena, uh, I mean, you'll just take it for the removal. It's removal. I, I'll it's probably removal. put it as a three. Um, that's probably a four. I mean, it's you a think three so? damage removal. Yeah, you take three okay. damage removal all the time. Okay. Yeah. If you get the upside, great, but it's fine if not. Next one is Dwarven Sharpshooter. One mana, one three. Your hero power can target minions. So before when we saw this on Steamweedle Sniper, it was a two mana, two three with the same uh, effect. What's nice about this being one mana is that playing it on turn one means that turn two, you can respond to whatever your opponent has on their board with your hero power and potentially trading in. And there's a really good chance that your opponent's played something with one health or two health. Uh, and if they played something like, they're not going to, but if they played a Northshire Cleric, you can just completely trade into that, which is fantastic. Yeah. So I think there's some good implications. Later on in the game, it's not going to be quite as good. This effect was never as good as we hoped that it was back in the day. I like that it's coming back, though, because I think it has interesting implications. Um, and if you can get this to stick, which at, at three health, you got an okay chance of doing uh, it can do some work. It's a fine card. Uh, it's just, it's not yeah. going to find its way into every deck. Yeah, I mean, again, this is the kind of card that I would, I, I, I did give it a two in the spreadsheet, and I would stick, I would stick to my guns on that if Highlander card, Highlander decks weren't a thing, mm. right? Um, the fact that Highlander Hunter's a thing, okay, it takes one card slot. You can split this in with one card slot. It's a one drop. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it, even if you never get the effect off of it in a Highlander Hunter, it's a one three that trades. And, you know, it gives you a little bit of a value and maybe you have an easier chance of getting it to happen, you know, when you're playing it on one rather than two. So it's probably fine. I mean, I've seen in a lot of decks. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably a four for that reason. I would um, say it's a three, honestly. OK. I, All right. Like, because it's fine. That's the definition of a three. Right. Yeah, book. it's true. Um, I literally just used the three words. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. In arena, it's a little bit better because you can combo it, dealing damage and yeah. being able to remove stuff on your opponent's board. So I would b- bump it up to a four there, probably. Yeah. And and you just draft one mana one threes. It doesn't yeah. even matter yeah. what they're doing. You draft one mana one threes. Mm-hmm. Um, and last we have primordial explorer, which is a three mana two three common dragon. 
uh, with Poisonous and Battlecry Discover a Dragon. So if you're playing dragons, this puts more dragons in your dragons. If you don't want dragons, you probably don't bother with this. Yeah. And and even then, this feels kind of bad because you're still playing a 3-mana 2-3. Yeah, I mean, Emperor that, Cobra... I mean, 3-mana 2-3 Poisonous, but you don't play Emperor Cobra. Right, it, That that's the problem. So it, the battle cry has to be enough in order to play it. I mean, in a Dragon Hunter deck, the fact that this will activate other Dragon cards is great. So that's more so why you're playing it rather than its effect. And I know that you, you mentioned Sean Smoker. He's been the purveyor of, high, yeah. or of Dragon Hunter for a long time. And I can't remember the 5-mana 3-7 uh, Carrion Drake. Oh, Carrion. Uh, uh, that it gets poisonous if a minions died this turn. Um, yeah. I mean, he's high on that card. I, I still think that this is kind of it, it's kind of a meh effect. It's probably the, the least over or the most underwhelming out of all the baby dragons. Um, but it'll still find its way into those decks because it'll curve out and help you into things. So I, I would say it's probably it's like I want I want to say realistically it's a two, but it's probably a three because those decks yeah, still want okay. it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dragon Hunter just doesn't have any payoff. Yeah. Is the problem. Um, so there's not really a lot of reason to go that way, but yeah, you could. And in that deck, it will be fine. It'll be a three and that's yeah. fine. And, and in, a, in arena poison's good. Yeah. Getting a dragon. Good. It, you know, procking dragon synergies is good. So it's probably a three there as well. Like it's I, not exciting, but you'll take it. I, I would argue a four just because like refilling your hand, getting something different. Uh. Um, and the poisonous can have a big effect potentially. Like even if you top yeah. deck this, you know, so I, I think it's a little higher because you'll draft a uh, emperor cobra in arena for sure. Yeah, um, that's fair. I'll, I'll, so. I'll, I can go with you on that. Yeah, cool. I mean, it's better than an Emperor Cobra. It's like straight up yeah. power creep for that. So yeah, okay. All right, on to Mage. We're we're doing okay on time. We'll yeah. keep on rolling. I think this oh, one's this, you. This me? Yes, okay. I took the last so, legendary dragon. I don't want to okay. get too greedy with all these crazy uh, okay. dragons. So <laughs> so um, Maligo's aspect of magic is a five mana two eight. If you're holding a dragon, discover an upgraded mage spell, and the mage spells are. They're basically double. I don't actually don't have them in front of me. I should just look that up really well, quick. They there. We can't go through all of them. Maybe you can right. you can give us a few examples. Some of them the mana is discounted. Some of them the damage is more. I think there. I think there's a third variant somehow. Yeah. Um, so okay. So hang on. I just found a. I found an image. So it's. Uh, I mean, there's nine of them. I can just do them. I can I can micro machines my way through them. So you have Maligos's explosion, which is a two mana, two damage to all enemy minions. Uh, Fireball is 4 mana, 8 damage. Flame Strike is 7 mana, 8 damage to all enemy minions. Uh, 0 mana Frostbolt. Uh, Arcane and Elect draws 4 cards. Ma uh, Arcane Missiles does 6 damage instead of 3. Frost Nova is 1 mana. Polymorph's 1 mana. And um, Myligos' Tome is 1 mana. Add 3 ma random mage spells to your hand. So they're either cheaper or they do more or both. And they're all generally very good effects. Mm -hmm. Like, I haven't seen a Highlander Mage not running this. And because it's just, like, a good spell that's either cheap or really, like, especially, like, the Flame Strike against Shaman right now yeah. where they're yeah, playing 8-8s and then you mm -hmm. can just blow it up. Like, that's that's relevant, right? And being able to do 8 damage to face for 4 mana is not insignificant. Like, they're all good effects. And you're probably running some dragons. Like, if you're running a Highlander Mage, you're running Dragon Queen Alexstrasza for sure. You're probably running Alexstrasza in that deck for sure. Um, you can run, like, the baby dragons. There's a couple. Of, you don't need many dragons to get this to go off. Sure, yeah. And and the, the the spells are good. So I think this is, it's an easy, it's it's a very good card in general. And, and it's not hard to slot into a deck. I think I think the biggest problem I have with it is that the card like the the minion is so underwhelming. Two two attack just does not affect the board at all. 
and it'll it'll be okay in trading and stuff, but uh, it's not it's not. This spell is so, why so you play this card, not the it is not the minion. Well, I mean, the minion is relevant if you can conjure if it lives long enough to conjure's calling it the next turn. Uh, it's okay, but you really want that conjure's calling on other on other yeah, targets. You, you, you put it, you play it on a five drop enough, and I mean, even yeah. then, like eight butt is a decent amount of butt, and it you know two attack. Mm-hmm. We'll soak up a few attacks from something like a shaman, right? Yeah. Like it's they're gonna need four of those little rushing dudes to take it down. And and it does sometimes just stick around or or even like there are things like dark skies, right, that are this will mess up because it's just eight damage that's gonna be really hard to clear with something like that. There there are applications for the body. The body's not great, but the spell makes up for it. And it's yeah. only five mana for a two eight, which is not bad either. What what do you want to hit on this? Because my gut I, probably says it's a three, but I, I could be convinced higher. I feel like it's a four because I've okay. not seen a dra- I've I've not seen a a Highlander mage that's not running this, and I feel like this is a reason that you're that you're making Highlander mage better because of the spell. Even if the even if the body's bad, I don't think you care. I think the body is a me- as a mechanism to get to the spell. Yeah, I I'm just not excited by it. I I did pull it from a pack, so I'll I'll have to try it out to see if I'm yeah. wrong. I just don't like investing five mana in discovering a spell, you know. But what else are you um, doing then in a Highlander Mage, right? Like, what I are you guess. doing at five mana? Like, I'd just rather have Cabalist Tome back. That's what I want. I miss. Well, Cabalist I mean, <laughs> I, there are a lot of cards that I want to have back that sure. I'm not getting back. So love the one you're with. Is, That's is true. My, is what in, I say. And, in Arena, I mean, if it's just a body, it's not great. If if you can pull off the effect, it's 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 going to be even more strong there i would yeah. argue yeah i don't I know mean, how to evaluate this in arena i guess the thing to keep in mind with arena is that it is always going to be offered in this set which has a lot of dragons mm-hmm. so the odds of you getting a dragon when you're being offered this are higher than normal yeah i guess that goes for all the cards we're talking about right mm-hmm. um if you're not going to get us it's going to be draft dependent you're either going to take it early and you're going to look for dragons or you're going to take it late when you know you have dragons because a five mana two eight is not bad. It'll trade. It's not. It's not what you're looking for. But again, it's also a legendary. Like you know, what some of the other legendaries that you're going to get offered are pretty bad. So you might take this just because it's going to give you a chance at having some upside. I'm going to say, but it's that's a th- probably a three. It's a yeah. three. Yeah. I. Yeah. It, it's so draft dependent. I would say this one more so than others. It. It feels like it's really not fair to give it a score because it's so dependent on that. But um, for our purposes, we'll call it a three and call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one here is Shinvala, a three mana two five elemental. After you cast three spells in a turn, summon a five five elemental. I'll be honest, I am still not high on this card, but the overall opinion I have seen from everyone is that this is way better than Dragon Soul. And I and I get the reasons why. You've got Sorcerer's Apprentice and you've got a lot of very strong cheap spells like Ray of Frost and Magic Trick. Magic Trick alone could potentially get you an activation off of this. Um, even just on its own, if you've got you know six mana or something, if you pull another Magic Trick and then whatever. So it's it's I, I've had to convince myself that it's better. I still don't feel good about it and don't want to play that deck, I guess, is where I am. Okay. So let me let me let me kind of fill in some gaps here. So Dragon okay. Soul, if you don't remember, was a card in, in Cobalt and Catacombs that was a three mat and and I don't blame you for not remembering because it never saw play. No. It was, it was, a, it was three a fun mana. Card. It was a three mana, what, zero three weapon yeah, for priests so. mm-hmm. that every time you played three spells, you summon a five, five dragon. So here, this is, if you cast three spells in a turn, summon it, a five, five elemental. 
Um, it's not hard to do that. Like Sorcerer's Apprentice is a thing. Twin uh, Ray of Frost is a thing. Magic Trick is a thing. Like you can chain a lot of spells together in a turn. Um, and, and you can go off. Like I've had in the last meta, I had Flame Waker Mages burn me down from 30 in one turn. Like Good, you can yes. get there. Um, the, th and, and the reason that I'm not higher on this right now is I was looking at APX Void because I know he just built a Cyclone Mage and Cyclone oh, Mage right. is a real deck uh -huh. that yeah. is going to get better as, as we, again, once we, once we lose, um, once, once Galakron, uh, Shaman comes down a little bit, Cyclone Mage is a real deck. Um, he is not running Chinvala in it. Mm, so that's interesting. for, for that reason, I'm willing to back it down to a three because I'm, I, I thought this was going to be better and I'm going to defer to APX Void because he is one of the, the smartest mage players that yeah. we have. Yes. And if he cut it, that means it's not good enough. I think the big thing I was thinking too, because everyone right out the gates was saying, Sorcerer's Apprentice, Sorcerer's Apprentice. I was like, we had Radiant Elemental and it still didn't work, you know? And, yeah. and granted, there are more cheap spells. They can snowball on top of each other. But the fact that these, because Dragon Soul, I don't think was the same turn. I think it was just every three spells you played. No, it was, I think it was still in the, I think it still had to be in the was same it? turn. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's just, it's a pretty high bar and your opponent can kill this. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think three's fair. There's potential upside, and especially as we see more things released, there could be other spells or minions that that synergize with this to really push it over in the next year. So, um, yeah. I, I'd say a three's probably fair for what we yeah. can know for sure right now. And yeah, in I mean, arena, I guess I, I guess before we go off of constructive for one yeah, second, yeah, yeah. The one the one big difference between this and priest is that priest spells didn't often give you more spells unless you had Lyra on board. Sure. Yeah. So that that's the difference because you would end up running out of spells to play, even with Radiant Elemental. Mm -hmm. Here, for you have a lot of one mana spells that give you more spells. You have Ray of Frost that gives you another Ray of Frost. You have Magic Trick that gives you another one mana spell that can give you. You have you have uh, Tome of Intellect. You have a number Maybe. of spells that that generate that generate more spells for you. Yeah. That can help you get this off more. But yeah, it's just it seems like it's just not good enough. Yeah. But yeah, in, in arena I think it's better because it's a three mana two five. It's fine. Like yeah. you you will never get you you will never get that effect to go off in arena almost ever. Mm -hmm. But it's a three mana two five, which is fine for arena as especially mm -hmm. as a legendary. Yeah. I agree. So it's probably a four it, because it's a legendary it's probably a four. Uh I think there are a lot of other legendaries I'd still rather have. I'd have to have well, them right in front of me. I don't want to go higher than a three just because the okay, stat, like the stats fine. are fine, but that's that's it. There's not really an right. side to it. Uh, okay. All right. Fine. Um, mana Giant is an eight mana, eight, eight elemental. Costs one less for each card you played in this, this game that didn't start in your deck. So this, as opposed to Chenvala, is in the Cyclone Mage. And this mm -hmm. is a big reason. Yeah. Especially because you're still playing Conjurer's Calling. Conjurer's Calling is still fine at four. And this gets discounted permanently. Um, as the game goes on, the way that Arcane Giant used to. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it doesn't have to be in your hand. It just costs that. So you can, you're generally going to be playing again, Magic Tricks, Ray of Frost. You, you don't, you don't play Tome of Intellect, but you're going to get it enough. Um, you're playing uh, Mana Cyclone. You're playing Double Banana Buffoon in that deck. Um, so you have a lot of things that are going to get you more cards that didn't start in your deck alongside um, Elemental Invocation into uh, Mana Cyclone. Yeah. So this will get very cheap, and then you can play it for close to free, and Conjurer's calling it on the same turn. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's good enough for the, for a deck like this. Arcade and Giant was discounted based off all spells you played, and that was insane. It was pretty reliable to yeah. make it a zero mana 8-8, eight, eight, essentially. This one, you're almost always going to have some kind of mana associated with it. But even if it's a four mana 8-8, eight, eight, that's insane, and it's perfectly fine. Your opponent has to deal with it, and if they can't, you're going to get some really big upside from it. So I think it's a solid four, probably, in my yeah, book. I agree. I agree. And in Arena, you'll draft it. It's probably a three. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna get it much cheaper usually, but an eight mana eight eight, it's not great. You'd rather have something that affects the board, but you know you'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Next here is Rolling Fireball, five mana epic spell. Deal eight damage to a minion. Any excess damage continues to the left or right. I love the flavor of this card. Yeah, this is so too. cool. <laughs> and it reminds me, of course, of Meteor, which was a huge spell in uh, Journey to Angoro that was played in every Control Mage build. And granted, I think Meteor was better in every way. Um, this also reminds me of Flame Lance, which was a five-minute deal, eight damage to a minion, and that saw zero play after, like, day one. So this is, like, somewhere in between. I think it's still good enough to find its way into... Uh, some Highlander or Control Mage variants, but more so it's going to be something that you pick off and off of a Discover effect or something like that because you need some kind of removal. And this will remove either one huge thing or two smaller things. I, I think there's a lot of upside with it. I mean, it's better than Blast Wave. And we were playing mm-hmm. Blast Wave sometimes just to have another board clear. This is yeah. on a, This is even more flexible than that because this can be a board clear for like a token a token board, or it can just remove one big eight eight health thing. So like the flexibility of this is really kind of makes it even better than Meteor in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like there is some skill involved, and there's going to be positioning, and, yeah. and it's going to yeah. be much like Meteor. It is going to affect how you position your minions against Mage mm-hmm. to play around this. You're generally going to want to have like the biggest thing in the middle and the smaller things alongside it to try to you know and or try to you know structure your board such that if they do rolling fireball you, maybe you have like two like the higher health things together. So it can't kill all kill too many things. Like there's a lot of cool positioning implications for this. I love yeah. the I love the mechanics of the card. I love the flavor of it too. And I think that it's it's a board clear in mage where we're really kind of struggling for those. Mm. So I think this is a great card. I, I think it's at least a four. Uh, I, I was I was gonna say I could I could actually realistically look at it as a three because I I think it is gonna find its way. I'll go up to a four with you, but I I I also don't think that it's a go-to. Whereas like Meteor, it was like, let's start with this board clear. With this one, it's more like, you know, dealing, being able to clear off two minions is good potentially. Uh, And the spillover, it's flexible, like you said, but I think I still want like Blizzard and Flamestrike in lieu of this. So um, I'll still go with a four though, I think on that. I mean, why not both, right? Like if you're playing a deck that cares about clearing, that you're playing... You're playing those cards. Like, you're playing this over Blast Wave, probably. But like, Blast Wave wasn't making its way into any Control Mage decks. Maybe yeah, Highlander. It was, it, was, it was sort of sometimes. In, the, in the Highlander, big, it was sometimes was. But The bigger things in my mind are getting over Blizzard and Flamestrike, because those are just so good. Yeah. So... But I, Blizzard and Flamestrike are, also aren't single target removal, right? Like, this is this is flexible for that reason. And in, like, a Highlander deck, you're just going to put it in, because it's, it's going to be a removal that's flexible in... Uh, like I, I guess in a big spell, even in a big spell mage, you'd probably still run this. I mean, there's not really one right now. Yeah. But like, if you had one, you would probably play this. The thing is, for one mana less, I have the option to go face with fireball. You mean? Yeah. 
but that only does six damage, and that's and sometimes you need to do eight damage. Like especially right now, you need to do eight damage. But Flame Lance saw zero play. Um, yeah, but Flame Lance wasn't clearing a board. Flame Lance it did see play in Highland in Reno in Reno Mage anyway. Yeah, I I'll still go with the four. I'm just thinking yeah. a little bit lower on it in Arena. I'm thinking a little higher on it. It probably still hits four there. Yeah, I think it's still um, four. But it's um, I mean, removal's just straight up good in Arena, and this is the yep. flexibility you need. Yep. All right, Arcane Breath is a one mana, one mana spell, rare spell, deal two damage to a minion. If you're holding a dragon, discover a spell. Well, um, a spell that does damage and gives you another spell, and you're probably playing dragons in that deck. Like, it doesn't go in Cyclone Mage because you don't have enough dragons. Right. But in, in like, a Highlander, in a Highlander Mage, like, one mana, deal with a small thing, get another spell. Mm-hmm. It's fine. You yeah. play that every time. Yeah. I mean, just the, and the fact that you probably are going to have some spell damage minions like the baby dragon that we'll talk about in a minute. I mean, this just it's 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 good on its own and it can be even better. So um, it's probably still a f- wait, is it a four or five. I, I, don't I think know. it's a four. I okay. think it's a four. I'll go with you on that. You're not you're not building around this. It doesn't go in every deck. It's a four. no uh, in arena. It's right about the same. Um, yeah. Maybe even you'll, a little bit have, up, yeah. upside, but I'll, you, I'll stick it at a four. Yeah, I mean, even if you don't have a dragon, uh, one mana deal two damage is fine. Mm-hmm. And if you do, then you're getting another spell. And that's that's upside. So, yeah, yeah I think it's a four. Okay. Yep. That was easy. Next one's Dragon Caster. Six mana, four, four. Battle Cry. If you're holding a dragon, your next spell this turn costs zero mana. So, before we actually got to play with these cards, everyone was saying, uh, you know, we had this little card called Ink Master Solia back in the day. Mean Streets, I think. Right? Um, yeah, it was it was one of the Kazakas cards. Yeah, yeah and it was it, a seven mana five five. If uh, your deck has no duplicates, then play your next spell for zero. And that card never really worked. I'm seeing this card all the time now, Dragoncaster. And I think the reason, the big difference between then and now isn't even this card. It's the 10 mana cards that are being played, like Pyroblast, Puzzle Box of Yogg-Saron, that actually make... So, like, on its own, this card is okay and just fine. It's just a matter of do you have enough cards that are really high cost that are finding their way into decks. And I think now it's got a much better chance at working than Solia did. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the real the real use case is Luna's Pocket Galaxy for the most part. That's another one. Um, like I, that's because it lets you play Luna's Pocket Galaxy without doing nothing that turn. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sold on it. Like I don't want to like just because a card is seeing play in the first week doesn't mean it's going to stay in decks once we actually get to see what you know what these decks look like in their final mm-hmm. forms. Right. So, I, I mean, I don't want to like if a card's getting cut right away, like that's different than if a card is sure, sure. all of a sudden is is still is seeing play of the first mm-hmm. week because it it just it not a lot. Not enough people are really playing mage outside of um, outside of APX void. Um, that said, I mean, I I feel like this is a card that's going to drop off. Like, yes, you get to play Luna's Pocket Galaxy for free. Yes, you have Puzzle Box Yogg-Saron. Yes, you have probably power of creation. That's the one I've seen more often than not. Yeah. Because on turn but, six, you get a four, four and two other six cost minions. And it's yeah. it, it's overwhelmed me. I, I haven't seen a ton of mage, but I it's been more represented than a lot of other classes uh, in my play on ladder. And it's probably I probably won lost 50-50 against it. But when this card's used with power of creation, it's crazy. Or flame strike or blizzard. Just the fact that it's a 4-4 yeah. on top of whatever effect. And it cheats out those cards earlier in the game if needed 
are a really big deal. So like I, yeah. I'm think I'm thinking a three on it because yeah, there, I could there's go up to a three. There's implications for it. And I think yeah. that if you're building a dragon mage or if you're doing especially the dragon highlander mage, you'll have enough high cost spells that that it's going to make sense. And if it's a six mana four four, okay, that wasn't great, but you'll probably make up for it in other parts of the game. So um it could get it could get cut at some point, but I think there's enough flexibility in the meta right now that it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, back then, you you know, you you could play like Hobblest Home or Meteor or Firelands Portal, or you know, like there were. It's not like they didn't. We didn't have cards that's that true. you would put in yeah, the deck that's a good like point. that. You would play, and it still wasn't good enough. I I think that the fact that it's sticking around says to me it's probably better than my initial uh my initial evaluation. But I still think that. If anything's gonna start getting cut from that from those lists, this is gonna be one of the first things to go. So I'll yeah. go up to a three on it. Okay. I think this is just straight up trash in arena. Yeah. Like you don't cause, want because because like think about what you need. You're you're playing a six mana four four. You need to have a dragon in your hand, and you need to have in your spell in your hand, and that spell has to be expensive enough mm-hmm. that it's worth that that it's worth this battle cry. And like, how often is that going to happen? Very rarely. Yeah. I so. I, yeah. I would augment that a little just to say if you can combo this with any spell and it gets you some tempo, that's okay, but it doesn't warrant the draft in the first place. So I, right. I think it's it's a one in arena. It's a for one. Sure. Yeah, it's easily a one. Um Elemental Allies is a one mana side quest. Play it elemental two turns in a row, reward, draw three spells from your deck. So this is something like in a cyclone mage, you could play. It's a cheap spell that would potentially get you more spells to be able to say throw into a Chenvala or because uh, I mean a lot of the cards that you'd be running in that deck would be elementals like Mana Cyclone, Mountain Giant, Mana Giant I believe is an elemental. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the the one the one drop that we haven't talked about yet that would be there as well. Um, you know, so you have a, you have enough elementals you could get this to work. It's just it's awkward. And when you don't get it to work, if you have to play one of those elementals and then you get you're stuck waiting to top deck them, mm-hmm. like you can just go the rest of the game without without getting this to go off. Yeah, it's tough because it's it's a really great payoff. You know, yeah. drawing three spells for one mana is great. And again, all these side quests are asking you to do what you're already doing in that deck. But if it doesn't line up, then you could have just wasted a turn essentially. So it's it's fine. This is probably the weakest out of all of the side quests, in my opinion. Um, I would probably go a two on it, honestly. Yeah, I I think that after playing with it a little bit, I think I'm I'm willing to agree with you on that. Like I was higher on it originally with a little bit of experience. It's very awkward a lot of the time, and in arena you just you no, like this is never had. This is probably a zero. Yeah, I think so. In arena, like you have to have a deck full of elementals to even consider drafting this, and even then, it's probably like you would have to have so many elementals that you wouldn't have enough spells to justify (laughs) playing the card, right? right? So just don't do it. Yeah. Next is Azure Explorer. The cuteness is getting turned up with this one. Four mana, two, three dragon. Spell damage plus two. Battle cry, discover a dragon. So unlike its hunter friend, um, this is a very strong effect, having two spell damage on the board. And because of the, the one mana spell we talked about earlier, because of the other great deal damage to the board or to your opponent's face spells that Mage has, I think this card is just perfectly fine. Like it's a little, it's... On turn four, if you're playing this on curve, there's a good chance it's going to get traded with. But because it's filling up your hand for the later turns, it may not matter that much. So while it's not going to break the game, I think it's a really strong inclusion for that mid-game for all the reasons I said about like uh, Emerald Explorer earlier. And spell damage plus two is relevant. Like yeah, that's, yeah. that's a lot of spell damage. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, if you have something like a rolling fireball or like that, that doesn't, that's not nothing. If you have something sure, like, yeah. you know, like even like an arcane missiles or a flame strike, if you mm-hmm. can get it to stick or like, or play this on turn 10 with a blizzard, like that's a, that's not an insignificant amount of damage. Not at all. Yeah. So like, it's not, again, it's, it's fine. You probably play it in those decks. You probably get playing it in a Highlander deck because you need dragons. Mm-hmm. And it's every so often the spell damage will matter. I think that's that's a it's a fine three. I don't think I would go much higher than that. Yeah, though. I think I think I'm good on that. Uh, yep. In in arena, I feel very similarly. There's a chance that you have it a little higher if you've got a spell in your hand, and they're probably uh, you probably just pick this just because it refills itself and combos mm-hmm. with some of the spells that you have. But it's tempo is just so important on every play, and I think this one is one of those that, man, four mana is just a little higher than I really want to pay for this one, especially if I don't have any spells to to take advantage of the of the damage upgrade. Yeah, so I think that's probably probably a three, right? It's, it's probably a three there too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have enough dragon synergies that you're going to want to proc that. Yeah. Um, Learn Draconic is a one mana common side quest. Spend eight mana on spells. Reward summon a six, six dragon. I, I, this has actually been more impactful than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not seeing it in, in APX voids list. So it's probably going to start see less play because generally people just net deck him when it comes to mage decks yes, anyway. They do. <laughs> but, but I mean, even then, like, you know, spending eight mana on spells is something that's going to happen eventually. And then being able to spend a turn doing, you know, sp- playing spells and then get a six, six dragon, I mean, even in like a Highlander Mage, if you're playing this and then, you know, playing something and then the next turn you're Luna's Pocket Galaxy, then you get a 6-6 along with it. Yeah. So like that's it can kind of help you bridge those turns where you are removing. And then, you know, on the turn where you're not removing and and you have time to play stuff, you can play stuff and then set up for a turn where you need to spend the whole turn board clearing. And Mm -hmm. then you get a 6-6 on the back side of it, which is pretty good. As long as you are drawing cards and you are playing spells... This is a one mana six six, and yeah, it's it, eventually. My, it's pretty. It's pretty much that simple. It's not a bomb card. It's not a build around card, but it fits into a lot of different decks, and the value is just pretty insane here. So, I would yeah. say it's probably a four in my book. Yeah, I think it is too. I mean, it's a, it's it's a one mana. It's a one mana six six next turn. Yeah, a lot of the time. Like I think that's the difference. Like it's not a one mana six six. It's a one mana six six, and that's why I say eventually. And eventually doesn't necessarily mean like you know, uh, like a month from now. I mean, <laughs> you know, it means probably, <laughs> probably next turn. Um, but I can see finding room for it potentially. I mean, it's, yeah. it doesn't seem like it's seeing a lot of play right now, but I can see it potentially seeing some play. And, you know, it's, and in arena, in arena, you made, it, it depends on how many spells you get really. Yeah. I, I, I would probably go down to like a two because yeah, so. most of the time you'd rather be doing stuff rather than hope because you get more minions than spells there typically. Um, if, if your draft works out in favor of it, then sure, go for it. But most of the time, I'm probably not going to draft it. Right. And our last one here is Violet Spellwing, a one-mana, one-one elemental death rattle. Add an arcane missile spell to your hand. So we had uh, the butterfly. I can't remember its name. Shimmerfly? Uh, Shimmerfly, thank you, that puts a random hunter spell into your hand. And that gets played all the time. This, you know what you're getting. Arcane Missiles is an interesting card because it can have upside, but on its own, it's just okay. So I think that you still play this in elemental builds because it's it's just as fine as Shimmerfly is. And with stuff like Shinvala, or if you have any spell damage, which I'm guessing you have to have one or two things that, that do, uh, you, you can get an upside to that Arcane Missiles. I'm not really excited about it, but I think it's, I think it's fine and it's going to see some play. 
Yeah, I'm surprised it's not seeing more play than it is, to be honest. Because, like, it seems like it's, okay, it's a one mana, one one, doesn't matter. But, yeah, you're getting an extra spell. You have so many things that care about you playing spells mm-hmm. that I would think that it would see more of that more play. It's it's not. Um, and maybe it's just because it needs, like, elemental allies to be good and stuff like that. Cause this would, or, or, but I would think that even Mana Giant would want that. But I guess this, the Mana Cyclone's enough. Yeah. Um, but it seems like the kind of thing that maybe when we have fewer cards in standard, it'll be a little bit more appealing as, as a one drop. So I, I think it's, I feel like it's probably a three. Yeah. That's where I was going to go. Exactly. I, yeah. just because the arcane missiles need something else with Shimmerfly, you can get cards that are just perfectly fine on their own, but right. arcane missiles, uh, it's, it, it could work out for you, but it's going to need some stuff. So yeah, I think three is fine in arena. I'm thinking a little bit higher. Um, yeah, probably four. Okay. I, I, I was thinking of four originally, so... Okay, that's literally a little bit higher, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> but that works. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's fine. It's a one-drop that gives you a spell that you can use to try to finish off the rest of the board, right? So that's mm-hmm. fine. I mean, it's not, it's not great, but it's also not terrible, so... Yeah. And as we move right along into the Paladin cards, guess what? You're actually in a different time zone now. I know we're about to talk about Nazdormu and how uh, Nazdormu messes with time. Time was already messed with. See, in order to record this episode, Steve and I actually had to find two separate times to pull everything together. And without knowing it, you've just stepped into the second part of our recording. What's unfortunate is that something came up during this time that Steve didn't see. Um, He has some insane responsibilities at work, and it's been an extra level of insane during this holiday season for him. I know uh, he actually set aside this time as one that was really going to work, and then uh, the boss called and uh, couldn't get around it. Unfortunately, with my schedule, with having to travel for the holidays with my family, it was the worst of two worlds. And so we just kind of had to move on, unfortunately. So Steve won't be with me in vocal range for the rest of this episode. But the good news is he and I work tirelessly on a spreadsheet ahead of time. And he's recorded all of his thoughts uh, prior to the, to these cards release. Um, and so I'll be able to bring in some of his thoughts as we go on. So I'm really sorry about this. Uh, both he and I wish that we we could have done this differently. Uh, this was the best that we could do, though, and uh, we'll look forward to getting both of us back together for the single-player cards that will be out soon, hopefully. So, let's talk about Paladin. Paladin is a really interesting class this go-round, and we'll kick it off with the Legendary Dragon that I, I aforementioned and found a really clever pun somewhere in there. And then just totally botched it with this. Nazdormu the Timeless. Four mana, eight, eight dragon. Legendary battle cry. Set each player to ten mana crystals. Uh, Just when you thought a four mana, seven, seven was the meme of the century, they go and make a four mana, eight, eight. And when you first see this verbiage on Nazdormu, it's a little confusing. How this actually functions is that it takes whatever you have less than 10 of mana crystals and gives you enough empty ones to equate to 10. So looking at it, you may think that it'll give you six more mana to work with. And if that were the case, this card might be insanely good. But because it does not do it, it's actually insanely bad. Uh, I actually wrote here that it's the new Generous Mummy, and I really believe that. And actually, Generous Mummy was a three mana card, so... There's just literally no reason to give your opponent so much initiative with this card. Um, And currently, there's no upside that you can work around this to get. 
uh, in the current state of affairs. So I'm like stretching my mind to even think of some remote possibility for how you could turn this into an upside. And really the only current thing is that you play this after you've both hit 10 mana and then it's just a four mana 8-8. But then why exactly are you playing this card? The, the weird thing is in a lot of Dragon Paladin lists that I've seen so far, I've seen Nazdormu in many of them, and I would assume that it is just something that's a really good tempo play. It's a, it's essentially a really good Mountain Giant, because Mountain Giant, if you can play for four mana, is, is really quality, and it'll be a Dragon Activator in your deck outside of that. So, you know, I, I just think there are so many better Dragons that, you're, that you want to play that uh, there's no reason to to insert this in other than a late game tempo play, I guess. Uh, I had initially actually given this a zero, but I, I guess I'm talking myself into a one because, I you know, in the late game, it, man, I almost think it's actually a two. I'm probably going to stick with a one because I think that that's right. Um, but yeah, if, if you're just using it for that late game bomb, great. Just don't play this anytime near. I guess on turn nine, you could technically play it if you're going second because your opponent has 10. And it's really not going to make that much of a difference if you're at eight or nine mana and you just skip a turn essentially for your opponent and you. They might still be able to get the upper hand, but it's not going to be that devastating. So it it might be a two, but I, I feel like I can't give it a one. Um, I, I think that I think Steve would talk me down, probably. <laughs> and in Arena, um, it's all the exact same stuff. And I think Paladin just has so many good legendary minions that this is probably one of the worst you could get. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's a solid one in Arena. All right, next here is Dragon Rider Talritha, a 3-mana 3-3 legendary. Death Rattle, give a dragon in your hand, plus 3, plus 3, and this Death Rattle. This is a cool effect. It had me thinking of Valineer immediately, where you've got this hopefully infinite cycle of buffing up your deck, and the longer the game goes, the better it gets. Um, making this specific to dragons gives it a little bit more uh, niche and pointedness to it. I think that uh, I think I haven't actually seen this card in many decks yet, so I, I guess it's not seeing a ton of play. Uh, I don't really see any reason, though, that you don't run this because it's almost like a Blessing of Kings that's slower that you can keep going. Um, really, the big reason that it wouldn't be that great is because you can't activate it immediately. And I guess if hand buff cards, which do that, um, don't see a ton of play right now either, this could see even less. So um, I think I'll probably go to a three on it, um, assuming that I'm not uh, I'm not stepping on... Um, stepping on Steve's toes here. Yeah, he gave it a three. He said, if you have enough dragons to keep that chain going, then maybe. And you have cards like Bronze Herald to help make that happen. That's true, but it's it's a bit too slow and you're going to have to go all in on dragons. Yeah, so I think we'll probably go ahead and give this one a solid three. And in Arena, it's pretty draft dependent. I mean, three mana, three, three could be a whole lot worse. And especially now when you've got a lot of dragons in Arena, there's a good chance that this could actually get you the tempo that you need. I think it's probably a three there also. Um, a little better. It's probably a three at best. And then if you don't have many dragons, it's uh, it's a little bit worse as well. Next up is Sanctuary, two mana epic side quest, take no damage for a turn, reward, summon a 3-6 minion with taunt. Well, there is no question that a 3-6 minion with taunt is well worth two mana. The question is, can you get your opponent to not attack your face? Well, what's interesting about this side quest is that it 
it's almost like an anti-taunt, right? Your opponent has an incentive to go face, and if they're an aggressive deck, then they will gladly take you up on that. But if they're any other kind of deck, um, there's a good chance that they'll either have to develop something on the board, or well, actually, they will have had to develop something on the board, because unless it has charge, they won't be able to do anything immediately. So especially if you can play this when they have nothing, they're going to have to use a spell to somehow negate it, and that's probably not going to get them a lot of value and at the end of that, they're just delaying for a turn. So if you can play this early in the game, it's insane as long as your opponent doesn't have something. And I actually played a few games with this, and I think that this card was good in every single one of these. I mean, even if you know your opponent can go face, um, this isn't what you want to play. But um, if you can combo it with something else and just develop it into the future, you can work towards a board state for it to win. So... I think this card is a, is a pretty big MVP for Paladin right now. Uh, I want to give it a solid four, and I think that that's sober-minded enough. It looks, like, uh, it looks like Steve was a little bit lower on that. Um, and I, I think his big reason was thinking that you have to do something really to ensure that your opponent doesn't attack your face. But in my experience playing this card... Uh, that's just going to happen pretty naturally. So I think a four is fine. I, I almost want to give it a five, but four is perfectly fair. And for Arena, I would say that four is about right also there. Um, I mean, it, again, if it's a two mana three six with taunt, that's insanity. And I think that you can set up some board states where it's going to be it's going to be easy to be able to get there. You kind of do have to be ahead, I guess. This isn't going to help you in any back uh, back um, if you're on the back pedal. So I, I'll probably I will backpedal myself and give this a three because there are many situations where it's probably not going to be that great. So um, yeah, all right. Let's move on to Skyclaw three mana one two mech. Your other mechs have plus one attack. That's a persistent effect. And Battle Cry summon two one one microcopters. I think this card is so cool. And for this to just be in the final card dump that we got is kind of an atrocity in my in my opinion. The fact that it has a persistent effect that's really good is one thing, but the other part of it, that it actually creates units that take advantage of that, makes it really, really strong. And I think in any aggressive deck where we've got Brazen Zealot that wants you to play a lot of stuff on the board, or any mech deck where this persistent effect could be either a finisher or the development of three bodies on the board is just going to be strong regardless. And you're going to have this as a 1-2 and your other microcopters as two ones. That's just really, really good value. Um, we saw the Microtech controller, I think, was a 3-mana 2-1 that summoned two one ones. This is just pure upside from there. So I really like this card. Um, Steve's going to have to talk me down in the notes from it. Um, yeah, because honestly, in my opinion, I think that this card is fives across the board. I'll temper it a little bit just because he's he's a little lesser on this card. Fours is fine, too, because in Arena, the fact that you're going to... Like, if you can have initiative for this card to play it on turn, uh, on tempo, and it's just going to be upside for you, essentially. It doesn't matter if you have other cards to take advantage of it. Hopefully you do, but... Um, I just think that this card is really, really strong overall, and one of the one of the really good ones of the set. Uh, interesting card that it can combo with here is the other side quest, Righteous Cause. It's a one mana side quest. Summon five minions. Reward: Give your minions plus one plus one. And this card has that one mana spell 
This is going to be the worst part of not having Steve with me because he always helped me with all these. Competitive Spirit, I believe, was it. That at the start of your turn, it would give all your minions plus one, plus one. Um, this is not that. But I think that it's actually reasonable that in some strategies, especially if you have some kind of token-specific strategy where you have a lot of cards that can create a lot of minions in your paladin deck, uh, that comboing this with something, with one or two other cards that can just straight up do that, is very, very good. I mean, you think about Skyclaw, which we just talked about, on turn seven, to play Righteous Cause and then two Skyclaws is a board full of insanity. The truth is that at that point, your opponent probably has stuff they can either trade into a lot of it, or they can have a board clear that just takes care of those three cards with one. I'm looking at you, Flame Strike. So there's some downsides to it. It's probably one of the clunkier ones. I actually saw an odd Paladin list that someone took up in Wild to like Legend 3 that was running two of these. So I think that's a perfect example of a deck that has a lot of token strategies, a lot of ways to get minions on the board. And eventually, this is just a one-mana... Well, wasn't there a one-mana spell also for Druid that buffed all your minions plus one, plus one? It's a discounted Power of the Wild in that case. So I think it's probably a two um, just because it's not it's not even the best, um, the best thing for that deck. Um, but there are some implications for it. And in Arena, uh, I mean, you've got a better chance, honestly, of actually being able to... Um, of just this, like, buffing one minion, essentially. Because those five minions don't have to be in the same turn. I use that as an example because I think that's what you're going to want to play this as. Um, but in Arena, you just eventually get to that fifth minion, and then whatever's on your board uh, gets that buff. And I think that by the time you get there, it's either going to be the card you just played, maybe one other. And I guess it's not that bad in, in that case, but it's also... Uh, it's also not something that you want to top deck and that you're dependent on some other cards in order to get there. So I would say that it's probably a two there also, probably a low two in my mind. Some implications, but meh, not really. Sand Breath is the next spell. One mana common spell. Give a minion plus one, plus two. Give it Divine Shield if you're holding a dragon. It was really interesting when I listened to Boar Control and Jambra talk about these cards. This one, I think Boar Control's exact words were, yeah, this is just nuts, right? And I was... I was listening to him like, are you are you crazy? How is this nuts? I mean, plus one, plus two is fine. Divine Shield is rather good. But the big problem with this is that we've had the, um, the one mana spell in Paladin for so long that gives a minion Divine Shield. And that's just not good enough. So the, the plus one, plus two is nice, but that's not that great either. Uh, the Echo spell that we just had um, that got nerfed with the Echo uh, mechanic changing a little bit. That one gave minions plus one, plus two, if I'm not mistaken. And it really didn't see any play outside of solo adventures because it could be broken over there. So I am I am really not sold on this card. I'm hoping that maybe, yeah, Steve and I gave it this same score as a two and a three. He said, this feels like, like a card you'll somehow get generated randomly, but not make the cut for constructed. Maybe an arena, a buff plus getting to attack twice is good enough. Yeah, I mean, Divine Shield is a little bit better there. I think you'd still rather have Argent Protector, the two mana two, two, give a minion Divine Shield. So I am really not high on this card. I think that I'm probably... Uh, I think that both of us were probably at ones on this realistically when I'm looking at it. And in Arena, yeah, there's, it's a little bit better. I, I'll give it a two there instead. 
All right, next one here is Amber Watcher. Five mana, four, six, dragon, battle cry, restore eight health. If you're not familiar with this card, then you have not been looking at Descent of Dragons because this one alone is a reason to play Paladin right now. The really easy way to equate this is with Anti-Keelbot way back in the day. I'm pretty sure it was Goblins versus Gnomes. It was a 5-mana 3-3 that's Battlecry Restored 8 Health to your hero. These stats are way better. Uh, it's a dragon. I guess a mix of fine tribal synergy tag also. Um, but the 8 health can go anywhere. It can go to another minion. It can go to your opponent's face if you want extra BM. I mean, this card does it all. <laughs> so I, this is just an easy include in any Dragon Paladin deck, obviously, because you want the Dragon Synergies. But the reality is, you put this in pretty much any Paladin deck that's not, uh, in, that's not really aggressive. And you might even put it in as a top end for a, an aggressive deck if it has dragon synergies, just because it's that good. So I, this is just like easy fives across the board. Um, I, I mentioned that I've been playing a, a dragon paladin, or actually a pure paladin, if you've heard of that. And uh, this card is it was great in there. In fact, I've only used it to heal other minions because it's a rather aggressive build that I have. But still, being able to trade, I, I, I think I had a buffed up micro mummy today, and it was like a 3-8 total. And I had traded twice with it, and it got down to a 3-1. And then I had an Amber Watcher in my hand, buffed it right back up to a 3-8. It was, it was really rough for my opponent. I did win that game, if you're wondering. So uh, this is one of those cards that wouldn't have been that interesting for Steve and I to talk about anyway, because it's just insane. Um, it's interesting because it's not going to be the card, a card that just makes Paladin a broken class altogether. But yeah, you just always use this fives across. And in Arena, just being able to restore something up or, uh, or just be a little bit of extra survivability is really, really strong. And finally, with Paladin, we've got the Bronze Explorer, the cute dragon for Paladin. Three mana, two, three dragon, lifesteal, and Battlecry, discover a dragon. So I've been saying this whole episode, Battlecry, discover a dragon is really, really strong, especially during these early mid-game turns, because this card just replaces itself, essentially. Uh, and... I think that Lifesteal is really strong. The, initially, I was thinking that this just curves straight into Blessing of Kings. And so if this becomes a 6-7 with Lifesteal that you just paid, invested 7 mana in, that's perfectly fine. And your opponent's going to have to do something really drastic to get rid of it. Um, but even if that's not the case, because I don't know that you run Blessing of Kings in a lot of heavy Dragon Paladin or Dragon Synergistic decks... Uh, it's still good. If it, if you attack into something and get that two health back, that's something that can really pay off, especially when Paladin's a deck that's going to be running weapons and wants to utilize their health as a resource. A Bronze Explorer can get you a little bit of that back, uh, and so I think that this is probably a strong four, if I'm being sober-minded. Um, it looks like that's what uh, that's what Steve said, and and he said this gets the Snow Flipper Penguin Award for cutest card. Um, and if you're dragon speaking and dragon riding, this could, this could get pretty big pretty quickly. Yeah, I didn't think of uh, Talritha also with this. This is, um, and I think it's the only lifesteal dragon, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, any buffs, any any things that are going to buff dragons are really going to help you there. So I think uh, I think a four in uh, constructed 
In Arena, it might actually be a five because Discover a Dragon is good enough, and I think that the Lifesteal is good enough too. I, I I can't think of a situation where I would not choose this card, so I think I'm going to put it as a five in Arena too just for that reason. And that's the end of our Paladin card, so let's just talk about neutral cards for the rest of our review here. It's uh, That's actually insanity how, how fast you fly through when it's just your opinion, right? Steve, if it's not clear, I miss you. And this is easily going to be the fastest uh, the fastest review episode we've ever had. <laughs> All right, Chromatic Egg will kick off the neutral epics here. Five mana, zero, three. Battlecry, secretly discover a dragon to hatch into death rattle, hatch. So this is a build-your-own Nerubian egg that will hatch into a dragon. And I think this card is way cool. I saw the other day that Zedalot actually created a priest list. Uh, that could um, that could just take a lot of, uh, I, I guess, just do a lot of buffs and help these eggs uh, come back. What's interesting is that if you revive them or give them reborn or anything, I don't think that they're actually going to retain the um, the dragon that they hatched into since that's a battle cry. So I don't know. Now that I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going to have to relook at that list because it seems like that wouldn't really work well in priest. It's a lot of mana that you're investing into the future. But if you have some kind of strategy that can kill this, bring it back. Uh, that doesn't work, though. <laughs> I'm very quickly talking myself down on this card. Even on its own, though, I mean, if you can get this to hatch into classic Ysera, obviously that's insane, right? I think that even if you can get some stuff like... Um, well, Bronze Explorer isn't something that you want either, but you know your late game, your late game stuff like Nazdormu or um, I, I mean, really any eight eight is going to be perfectly fine just from a stat line. If you can get the Druid Dragon that discovers a dragon and has Taunt, um, I guess a lot of these dragons actually have battle cries, and maybe that's where Steve was thinking that this was a little bit worse. So. Um, I, I want to believe in this card. I think that it's cool, but I guess there's actually a lot that it's asking of you, and you have to build a very specific deck in order to take advantage of it. So um, I'm coming further and further down on it, probably to a two. Um, so I hope that there are some ways that you can take advantage of this that I'm just not thinking of, but I think I'll put it as a two. In Arena, I mean, at least it's at least it's a cheap dragon, you know? Um, you do have to find some way to buff it up, though, or to activate the Death Rattle. So that probably keeps it at a 2, honestly. Um, it could even be worse, but I think I'll stick with a 2 there for now. All right, next one is Dread Raven, 3-mana three 3-4 three, Beast. Has plus 3 attack for each other Dread Raven you control. It's a very weird effect, uh, unlike anything we've ever seen, I think, because it's a persistent effect for itself, that it take, only takes into account its own brethren. So it kind of feels like Mogu Cultist to me, where you want to figure out ways that you can get a bunch of these into your hand and onto your battlefield. But the biggest problem with this card is that it doesn't have charge. So you'd have to get at least one to stick and then throw down a bunch of other copies of it. And by the way, how did you get those copies? Uh, on day one, I actually saw Regis Kilbin running a Dreadraven OTK deck. It was the most meme-tastic deck I've seen yet this expansion because it ran Tundra Rhino, which that's how you get charge on a beast. 
Uh, hunting party, which cop- gives you a copy of all beasts in your hand. Okay, now we've got extras of them. And then Scarlet Web Weaver, which discounts one of the beasts in your hand by five, I think. Um, but it costs six. So I think in order for this combo to work, you'd have to get Scarlet Web Weaver to hit on one of your Dread Ravens. You'd have to play another Scarlet Web Weaver on your second Dread Raven, then play Hunting Party, then play Tundra Rhino, and then play four Dread Ravens. And each of them, each of them has twelve attack. Actually, so I guess you could do that. So if you only have three of them, that would get you up to twenty-seven in a turn. That's not bad, but this card is. Because <laughs> the only other way you could do this is kind of as a pogo hopper thing uh, in Rogue with Togwaggle Scheme, maybe Tagnaz Whisker or Shadow. Uh, yeah, th- these are all bad cards that we're talking about. So I don't think that this is really going to be a thing. It's a one in Constructed. And in Arena, it's a three mana, three, four with a beast tag. So it's a three there. Um, you're just not going to expect actually hitting any effects over the course of your game. And that's perfectly fine. All right, we got Cobalt Sticky Finger, 5-mana 4-4 Pirate. Battle Cry, steal your opponent's weapon. Well, we have, been, we have been lauding for this effect for quite some time, and so it's good that this is finally here. So the way this works, I assume, because I actually haven't seen it played yet, is that when your opponent has a weapon in hand, playing Cobalt Sticky Finger will steal that weapon into your into play for you, essentially, so you can immediately start attacking with it. Um, it might actually put it in your hand, but I, w- I, I would think that uh, he's just stealing it and equipping it immediately. So it's a cool effect. Um, it's nice, especially with the old-school Kingsbane combo. If you were around during that time, this is desperately what we needed because that card just kept cycling on itself and there was no end. This is a tech card that you can use in a very specific situation where that's happening and negate that effect. I mean, even outside of that, if, if weapons are pretty heavy in the meta, this could be fine, especially if those weapons get out of control. I think about something like Gorehal or if, um, what's the, uh, the new, the new hunter weapon that doesn't lose durability, storm, storm collar, something like that. Um, if you're playing a dragon deck, it'd be interesting sealing that. Um, but I think that Acidic Swamp Ooze is just a less risky version of all those things. So, you know, it's fine. It's probably a three at the at the top end. Um, that's really only going to see play in some very specific situations. And in Arena, I mean, if you get the effect off, it's it's really, really strong. But you're not... You can't really take weapon uh, tech cards in Arena anyway. So it's probably a two over there. Next card up is Transmogrifier, 2 mana 2-3. After you draw a card, transform it into a random legendary minion. This is this is just weird. So it's kind of interesting um, and potentially good if the cast when drawn cards were affected by it and wouldn't actually trigger their effects. But I think if I read correctly, the devs did confirm that that cast when drawn is going to, um, those cards are going to trigger first. So stuff like bombs or Hakar the Soul Flayer or Hakar Soul Flayer, whatever his name is, <laughs> getting you the corrupted bloods, um, those things are going to deal damage to you, then draw you a card, and then that card will transform into a random legendary minion. So uh, in that case, there's really no consistent way that this is going to be good for you. Uh, unless I guess bad luck albatross, I guess that's the one thing where, 
<laughs> where you could probably get something better than the one mana one one with this, but that's no reason to play this. So I think it's probably a one in constructed. Um, its its implications could be better than a one, um, and maybe it's actually better just because Cobalt Sticky Finger I was more generous to, but. I, I, I don't see any legitimate reason why you're running this in a deck outside of a very extreme tech situation. And even then, you play this and it negates your deck, which I don't think you want. So I, I think I'm going to stick with a one on that. And in Arena, um, I mean, you're basically re-rolling your deck, which getting Legendary Minions, like if I could replace my whole deck with Legendary Minions, like a la Old School Elise Star Seeker, I think I'd do that. So... I'll probably give it a three in Arena. I think that that's fair. Um, and yeah, it looks like Steve agreed with the that this could see some play in some tournament decks uh, in very specific situations. So I think that's right, a one and a three. All right, next we got Tentacled Menace, five mana, six, five. Battle Cry, each player draws a card. Swap their costs. Cool, I guess. We had the uh, Trickster, I think, in the last set that you both draw a card, but then you take the other's card, essentially. So there's this weird, like, swapping stuff that's happening, but I'm thinking the same thing for this card that I was with that card, which is, why are you doing that? Um, Of course, if you high roll, that's really great, you know, like with Prismatic Lens... Uh, running that in Shervala OTK, it's really great if you get Shervala for four mana or if you end up getting um, Sathravar for something really cheap too. Um, but th- you just don't know what you're going to get. And this is even less reliable than Prismatic Lens. Sometimes Prismatic Lens, you know, you do get Shervala and like Holy Wrath and then you're just X'd out of Holy Wrath for the rest of the game, essentially. So you could have similar situations with this. I I just don't see any strategic advantage you're actually going to pull unless there are supportive cards for this one that allow you to change what your opponent's top card of their deck is somehow. Um, Maybe if you can, like, put one of your cards on the top of their deck, that would actually kind of be... I don't know if they would actually do something like that. But the Hearthstone team's been surprising me all day long. So if you could, like, take a card from your hand and put it on top of your opponent's deck with some other card, and then play this card, uh, no, then you're giving them that card. You still could maybe. I'm really stretching to find something. I think it's I think it's a one. And in Arena, it's kind of like a Cold Light Oracle where, yeah, you don't want to give your opponent a draw card effect, but you might still take this because you don't have much uh, card draw in your deck. And so, yeah, the, the mana cost may not work out that great, but the truth is that most of the time, and I probably should have said this when I was complaining about the potential really bad situations, most of the time, it's probably not going to be a huge change in, in the cost. So you're going to draw a four mana card, they're going to draw a two mana card. Okay, so you got a little discount. Or you'll draw a three mana card, they draw a seven mana card. Okay, that sucks for you, but at least you drew a card, you know? So yeah, I think, I think one in constructed and two in arena is right for that. Next card up is Wormrest Purifier, 2-mana, 3-2. Battlecry, transform all neutral cards in your deck into random cards from your class. This is cool, except for Renounced Darkness didn't work. And this has actually better implications than the Transmogrifier as far as taking out the Hakkar Soulflayer um, Corrupted Bloods or Bombs in your deck. 
because this is gonna take those cards and just change them into something else. So I think that this is a way better version of doing that and a way more valid one. Uh, the stats are perfectly fine. Uh, and getting class cards is usually a pretty good thing. Um, just like with leg- random legendary cards, you're going to have some duds. But um, but I've played enough of these kinds of effects that I'll talk about later on in the show. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, that I think that it's generally a good thing that you're doing that. I don't think that you build a deck that takes advantage of this, but if those other effects get out of hand, I love that there's a card like this that's fairly decent, and I mean, it, it just feels fair overall um, and can take care of those effects for you. So, yeah, I think that it's a solid three in Constructed. I want to see what Steve has here. Um, if you're playing a deck where Hakar straight up wrecks you, like Nomi Priest or Holy Wrath Paladin, this is an insurance policy um, the, the tough thing is finding room for it, which he says here. So that's, uh, that's a really good point. So yeah, I think three's right in arena. I'm way higher on this card because it basically can take, I, I mean, you take a lot of bad neutrals in arena. And so I think I would take this just so that I could, you know, if I get it on curve or at any point in the game, I can reroll all those cards into something that's, uh, nah, I guess, I feel like it has a slightly better than average or uh, of good, so I would still do that, especially with a 3-2 attached to a 2-mana cost. I, I probably should put it as a 4. I should temper my 5 um, initial thoughts on that. And we'll keep going. Man, the epics are weird in this set. These neutral epics, um, I mean, the, uh, the Tentacled Menace was maybe the most normal one. But this next one here is Grizzled Wizard. Two mana, three, two again. Battle cry. Swap hero powers with your opponent until your next turn. There's really no reason in a very normal game of Hearthstone why you'd want to do this. Now, of course, the deck builders and the crazies out there are going to think of the most absurd things that you could do. And um, in Wild, there's a card called Sir Finley Murgleton that allows you to re-roll or discover a new hero power. Uh, you can do that with Finley of the Sands, but it's an upgraded one. And the idea is if you swapped hero powers with your opponent and then replaced yours with one, um, you'd be giving your opponent that hero power. And I think that that works out. Um, okay, but is that really going to hurt your opponent that much? Probably not, uh, unless you can roll the Shaman one because the Shaman uh, hero power doesn't really help any, any strategy typically. Um, I actually did see an OTK uh, combo with this card that uh, worked with, um, oh goodness, what was the name? Uh, Major Domo Executus, which if you don't remember that card, I don't blame you. It was from Blackrock Mountain, and he was a 9-man and 9-7, I think. And his death rattle was replace your hero with Ragnaros, the Fire Lord. So your hero got 8 mana, and uh, your hero power was um, two mana, deal eight damage to a random enemy minion. So the idea was, I don't know how they even pulled this off. I, I really should find it. If I can, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, but no promises because I, I can't recall for the life of me. Uh, that you actually give your opponent Major Domo Executus and somehow kill off Major Domo Executus. So it makes them Ragnaros. And so they have eight health, and then you steal their hero power with Grizzled Wizard and use it uh, if they have no minions on the board to just kill them. So that is uh, one of the most feels-bad combos I've ever heard. 
I told this very long story because I'm going very fast through this, through all these cards, and this card's not good. Uh, I think it's it's a, it might even be a zero. I'll I'll put it as a one. In arena, I mean, it's a two mana three two, so it's probably still a three. Um, you're just not going to reliably get something great off of that hero power. I mean, if your opponent's a warlock and you get to draw a card off of this, then great. That's probably, the, or if you can ping something off uh, your opponent's board. So there are some implications where it can be good, but you just don't know what you're going to get off of this uh, when you're drafting it. So you just take it because it's a two minute three, two, if that works in your, in your deck so far. And the final neutral epic minion is Skyfin. Five mana, three, three Murloc. Battle cry, if you're holding a dragon, summon two random Murlocs. When I initially saw this card, I thought, this is just weird. I mean, the art is weird because this is like the most evil Murloc I have ever seen in my life. And it's just a weird effect that you play a Murloc in a dragon deck. I mean, we've got the Menagerie builds and Battlegrounds that are a ton of fun to play with, but... That that archetype has never worked in constructed play, even when we had stuff like Zubat and Menagerie Warden, Menagerie Magician, in uh, in constructed play. It just it just didn't work. So what was interesting is that I actually have seen this card in some pros lists. Namely, Viper had a Face Hunter list that had a few dragons in it and was running Skyfin. So I think the idea is because Hunter has Corrosive Breath, and with Dragons, Corrosive Breath is really strong. Uh, Skyfin might as well take advantage of that. And for five mana, you're getting a 3-3 Murloc and then two other random Murlocs. So if you get a Bluegill Warrior, if you get a Murloc War Leader, uh, if you get the one mana 1-1 one, one that gives your Murlocs plus one attack, all of those are perfectly fine and could be and could be on the good side, Bluegill Warriors especially. Um, there are plenty of low rolls, I think, too, is kind of the, the downside of this. You could get an underbelly, uh, underbelly angler, which you're probably not running any other murlocs other than Skyfin in this deck. Um, or in that face hunter deck, you're certainly not. Um, Cold Light Seers, uh, murloc tide collars, murloc tide hunters. I mean, none of those are really going to be good. So, I, I think it's interesting, and I'd like to play around more with it. I did I did draw two of these from my packs, so um, I I think that there are some implications, but it's going to take a very aggressive deck um, to play it. And even then, the times that I played this, I never had a dragon in my hand. So I think it's probably I, I think Steve would be calling me down to a one, but I would be fighting him for a two because for an aggressive deck that can pull this off. I think this is a really good high end essentially. So yeah, I think I'm going to keep it at a two and in arena, it might actually be a little bit better, honestly. Um, as long as you've got sufficient, uh, dragons in your deck, cause if it's a five mana three, three, that's really not good. Um, it's still something, but it's not what you want. If you can just get three bodies on the board for five mana, that can potentially be really good. So I, I'll, I'll still keep it at a two. It's probably a two with some upsides as long as you've got those dragons around. Um, yeah, be interesting. And another one here is Blowtorch Saboteur. Three mana, three, four. Uh, sorry, this is the last neutral epic. Battle cry, your opponent's next hero power costs three mana. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, the stats are fine on this, but... Why? We had Saboteur, I, I think, in the Grand Tournament, 
which made your hero power your opponent's hero power cost five more on their next turn. And granted, I think it was a three mana four three, which is uh, basically the same stat line here. Um, so this is worse, and that card never saw play. You feeling what I'm feeling on this? Which is that I'm I'm not feeling it. Um, I mean, uh, it's a th- it's a three mana three four. You're just there's no reason to play this in your deck. Even in something like Shutterwalk, which takes advantage of battle cries, you know, like crowd favorite. Actually, I I, I did play a um, a battlegrounds today uh, up to up to rank or I got first place in a battlegrounds and crowd favorite was a true MVP in that in that um, deck or in that run. But so if I had this in that maybe, but no, not in constructed. I think it might be a zero. I just. I don't see any reason why you play this. I'm trying to rack my brain. Um, and this one, actually, somehow we missed in our uh, <laughs> in our spreadsheet, so I don't have the voice of, uh, of WikiGood. I'm sure he would be agreeing with me that this is a bad card. It's just a matter of how bad it is. I think that a card that is that just legitimately has zero reason to play, like if a if a deck had um, or an archetype had some kind of hero power that was its way of winning the game, then maybe but I cannot think of a single card or deck that would be that would do that. So yeah, I think this one's getting a zero in constructed. I mean, the upside is that in arena, it's a three minute three, four again. So I, it's probably a three there um, just to be in line with all the other cards there. So I think that's all the epics now. There we go. Okay. So now we're onto the neutral rares. Dragon breeder is a two mana, two, three battle cry. Choose a friendly dragon, add a copy of it to your hand. This is Zola the Gorgon, only it only works with dragons. I am amazed that this card isn't seeing more play because I feel like this is just like a two of in any value control-oriented dragon deck. I think that as we see those nerfs come uh, come around that you're going to see Dragon Breeder take more of a place. You're not playing it for the 2-3 body. That's fine that you're getting it, but really the reason you play this is so that you can have a third copy of a dragon in your deck or just get an immediate other copy of it in your hand. Um, the the really big implication that I saw for this, I actually played um, That's Admirable and Zelay came out with a uh, with a dragon warrior deck that had Scion of Ruin, the three mana three two dragon with rush and battle cry. If you've invoked twice, summon two copies of this. So that combos really well with Dragon Breeder, and then you get three more copies of this. So I think, especially for those implications, this card is insane. Um, and I think for all other implications, it's perfectly fine, and and we'll see a lot of play. Um, yeah. I need to see uh, Steve's thoughts on this. Um, he said, the more I think about it, it's a slower version of Nether Spite Historian. Sometimes you need to play out your last dragon, and this lets you do that, but put it back in your hand also. And if Quest Drama goes in a dragon direction, this could get gross. Yeah, that battle cry effect uh, could be devastating. So I honestly want to give it a five, just because Zola the Gorgon saw so much play. And I guess, I guess if this isn't seeing as much play, it should probably stick at a four. I think I can hear Steve's voice in the back of my head saying there's, there's no way this is a five, but it's a four. Um, in Arena, as long as you have those dragons, it's really... If you have those dragons, it's at least a four, if not a five. If you don't, it's a two mana, two, three, which is perfectly fine. So I think I'll take the difference on that and put it at a four um, as well. 
All right, Zul Drak Ritualist is a 4-mana 3-9 with Taunt. Battlecry summon three random one-cost minions for your opponent. Feels like Hecklebot. It feels like um, the 2-mana two 2-6 two with Taunt that spawns 3-1-1 one, one Raptors uh, from Journey to Angoro. And that's a lot of cards that you're giving your opponent. Now, it's also a lot of stats. I mean, it's one more health than Hecklebot. Um, Hecklebot, you don't play for the stats, though. You play Hecklebot because it gets in a minion out of your opponent's deck. And that card goes in control decks where uh, combo decks are the things you need to get out of there. So that's really the specific reason why you use it. I mean, yeah, the, the butt is perfectly fine. And it's the same with this one as well. Um, uh, Steve actually gave this one a higher rating than I did. So he said, I could 100% see token shamans using this to get Sea Giant or Mogu Flash Shaper online sooner. And the taunt protects your more valuable minions, plus it can mess up resurrect pools. Those are all really interesting uh, observations. And there aren't any real high roll potentials for one-cost minions, unless you're going up against like a, a combo priest or something, I guess. Um, they could get ne- uh, Nether Spite, or not Nether Spite, um, Northshire Cleric, and the new uh, Hot Air Balloon. That would be bad. But that's a very specific situation, and they have to high roll twice out of those three times. So probably unlikely for that to happen. So yeah, there's some interesting implications for this. I think I can go up to a three on it. And in Arena, it's probably around the same two. I mean, it's going to be tough for your opponent to break through with those three one-cost minions. Because one-cost minions typically... They don't have more than two attacks. So on the worst case, if if they rolled three with two attack, you still got a three attack, um, three health with taunt minion. So it's an overcosted iron for Grizzly in that case. Um, but if they get a bunch of garbage, they get three one attack minions. Uh, this is a four mana three six with taunt, which is uh, a little under curve. I like it. I think three is fine on both sides. Bad Luck Albatross is a 3-mana 4-3 beast. Death Rattle Shuffle 2, 1-1 Albatross into your opponent's deck. Boy, this card is cool. And um, it's been interesting to see how much the community has embraced this card in a lot of ways. Um, I think people wanted this earlier on to um to combat against highlander decks this is better at doing that than bomb warrior because with the single card you're able to get two copies of something into your opponent's deck um, i would say it's along the same lines of wrench caliber where that's one card that can do that over two turns um yeah three minute four three are perfectly fine stats um there's lots of shenanigans you can play i did see a wild deck list running this and weasel tunnler which if you don't remember that can just be devastating for your opponent where they never draw anything. And honestly, I've wondered if that's a valid strategy because if you can work hard enough to get a lot of the bad luck albatrosses uh, and get those albatrosses into your opponent's deck, every time they draw, they're getting a one mana one one. It's really not good. Um, and Priest actually does have some interesting implications with that four-minute spell we talked about that can uh, Death Rattle summon two copies of this. So this into that gets you potentially six Albatrosses into your opponent's deck. The hard thing is, you can't, I, I, I know I'm talking a little bit too fun policey here. I hear you, Steve. I, you may not be here, but you're still with me. Um, the, 
that that's not a game-winning strategy. It's a more fun strategy. It's more uh, messing with your opponent's strategy. Uh, that's not actually going to get you further in the game. So I think it's probably a solid three um, where it could find some tech spots. Um, it's not going to be a, game, a, a strategy on its own for a deck that's actually com- uh, uh, viable. And then in arena, it's I mean it's good. It's a very good stat line, and if you can make sure that your opponent has two whiffs of draws, that can be really strong. Uh, so I think a four is right there. Um, I hope that that's what. Yeah, we Steve and I agreed with that too. Um, yeah, I think I think that there's potentially just a little more of an upside because of that. So yeah, we'll go with that. Next is Depth Charge, a 1-mana 0-5. At the start of your turn, deal 5 damage to all minions. So that includes Depth Charge itself. This is a mini Doomsayer. It's not going to kill everything on the board necessarily, but it's got a good chance of doing that for so much damage. Um, I think the biggest implication, I think I read this on Steve's part, Um, No, it was somewhere else, I guess. I saw somebody tweet something out that reminded me that if Doomsayer was ever moved to Hall of Fame, it would be really interesting because this would be the go-to then. It's not as good as Doomsayer because 7 health is a lot to chew through. With 5 health, uh, especially with um, the uh, Rush minion we're we're about to dive into here, Faceless Corruptor, I mean, it's just you've got a reliable way of being able to clear it. Now, on turns two or three, not so much, but at that case, why aren't you playing Doomsayer? Um, I, I, I thought it would be interesting with, like, a combo priest list. So if you just play, like, turn three, if, if you play Depth Charge and then Divine Spirit on it, it will not kill itself anymore, and your opponent will have to churn through a lot of stuff. Now, they may actually just deal five damage to it, and then it does kill itself along with whatever they had, and then... You're kind of in the same place. I think there's some interesting implications, though. I think that it'll find some play, especially if Doomsayer falls out. But, um, yeah, it's probably like a three there. And in Arena, it could be a board clear if you need it to be. But it's a really slow board clear. Um, And you can't really develop the board around it either. So I'll probably go down to a one in Arena for that reason. Cobalt Spellkin is next. 5 mana, 3, 5 dragon. Battlecry, add 2, 1 cost spells from your class to your hand. So they're not completely random spells, but they're pretty random. Um, there are lots of good 1 cost spells, I guess. I, I, I kind of wish I actually had a spreadsheet right in front of me of all of those. Uh, I guess my implications immediately went to like miracle decks because if you can get a, a, a bunch of low cost spells, then you can combo that with Gadgets and Auctioneer to keep going through your deck um, or combo them with Edwin Van Cleef or other combo effects in Rogue. Um, I, I think that Rogue, especially if there's a Dragon Rogue viable deck, that you'd run one copy of this. And I mean, Highlander Rogue has been kind of a devastating force on the ladder outside of. Uh, the insanity that is shaman and it will probably continue to grow stronger and i I like this card in that deck it's its stat line is fine it's a little bit under but not too much Uh, it'll activate the other dragons if you have them in hand and then those uh, one cost spells can help out your other cards so it's probably a four in constructed i would say and in arena it's probably a four also i mean even if those one cost spells don't do a lot you're getting a little bit of advantage i keep thinking of arcane missiles like that this is just gonna give you two one cost arcane missiles no matter what class you're playing in i don't know why that's stuck in my head next one here is horde pillager four mana four two pirate battle cry equip one of your destroyed weapons 
Rummaging Cobalt was a three mana one three that had the same effect. And it saw play especially in Jade Shaman because Jade Shaman ran one weapon, uh, Jade Claws, which would uh, battle cry summon a Jade. And those Jades got bigger and bigger as you got more and more Jade Claws. And that was, I, I remember reviewing Rummaging Cobalt, and I'm pretty sure we gave it a one or a two because it just didn't seem like a powerful effect. Well, we learned from that specific deck that this effect is very strong. And I think that even now, this is really good because it's going to, as long as that weapon is an effective weapon, uh, getting just about anything back is going to be good. So if you get a True Silver Champion back, this is a 4-mana four 4-2 four with that attached. So it's a free 4-2, like another minion we'll talk about <laughs> later. Um, if, you, if you think about Pirate Warrior, where you could have the Livewire Lance, um, that's perfectly fine and can keep on filling your hand with lackeys or even Ankar getting that back and just continuing to draw through pirates is great. And then this goes with that pirate synergy. I think this card is solid in every single way. Uh, the stats aren't really exciting, but it's aggressive. And especially because with, especially because with your weapon, um, I mean, I mean, you're just always going to want more of them, essentially. So, uh, or with your weapon, you're going to be able to attack something else and potentially protect this. If it goes face, if it trades up, that's fine. It has some pirate synergies. I mean, this card is a five in every aspect in my, in my book. In arena, it's not quite as good. I mean, you are drafting weapons if you get them. So, the, I, I guess the tougher thing is that this requires that you're playing it later on uh, in the in the game. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not quite as high on it on arena, so I'm probably going to give it a three there. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. And if, if, I mean, if you get the upside from it in arena, it's just as good as it was in constructed, but otherwise, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be very on the fence about actually drafting it unless I have a very weapon heavy deck. In that case, you're probably not going to win because you need some other things. So next up is Utgard Grapple Sniper. Yeah, a six mana five, five. Battlecry, both players draw a card. If it's a dragon, summon it. This is another one of those very weirdly worded cards. But uh, if either card is a dragon, from what I understand, I, I don't think it's just you playing this card. I think if your opponent's card that they draw is a dragon also, that'll be summoned. I've seen this card run in some dragon decks, especially stuff like Dragon Druid, where you're running a lot of high-cost uh, dragons. Just getting one of those big, beefy minions on the board is perfectly fine, and you're working through your deck at the same time. A 6-mana 5-5 five five that draws a card is perfectly fine um, on its own. And so if you get the added benefit of summoning it, that's good. But a lot of dragons also have battle cries that you want, and this will not uh, let you activate that. So um, I think it's probably a solid 3. I don't think it's going to be a go-to card in, a, in many decks unless we see more powerful persistent effect dragons come out in the long haul. And in Arena, it's a 6-mana 5-5. Five, five. Uh, I mean, it's basically the same as the um, the Tentacled Menace that we talked about, right? Uh, I guess that was a 5-mana 6-5, so this might be a little bit um, a little bit worse. Uh, but I'll probably go 3 on that, too, for all the same reasons that I said before. Uh, dragon Maw Poacher is next. Four mana, four, four, battle cry. If your opponent controls a dragon, gain plus four, plus four, and rush. Who boy, a four mana, eight, eight with rush is bananas. 
And this card has not been seeing as much play as I expected in Constructed. I think day one, there was pretty much one of these in every single deck. It's died down a little bit, probably because Galakron Shaman is such a thing, and that card ha- or that deck has no um, no dragons outside of Galakrond, if I'm not mistaken. And this uh, Galakron being your opponent's hero portrait does not activate this effect. So, yeah, I, the fact that for four mana you can kill an eight eight straight up, uh, the fact that you can negate that uh, f- that six mana four eight dragon for Druid with Taunt. And then you've still got an 8-4 on the battlefield is crazy. It's a very strong tech card uh, that is just going to continue to see a lot of play. It's, I mean, honestly, I want to give it a 5 as a um, as a tech card because I think it's one of the better ones that, you know, if it just dies, then it's fine. It did its job. If it survives, which it has a chance of doing, then it's even better than that. So... I guess Steve's only downside on this was that it's not Faceless Corruptor, which is the next card. <laughs> so I, honestly, it's a fair point, but I think Faceless Corruptor is going to get uh, modified in some way. I'll go ahead and keep it at a four in Arena. It's actually better. Um, it got removed from the pool because it was so good. So um, I, technically, it doesn't get a score in Arena, actually, I guess. So I'll just not give it a score right now. I think that was one of the changes that they made recently in patch notes. So, And then uh, the final rare minion here for the neutral class, uh, or the classless, is Faceless Corruptor. 5 mana, 5-4 with Rush, Battlecry. Transform one of your minions into a copy of this. If you have played any amount of Hearthstone in the past week, you have seen this card, and you have likely played this card because it's that good. So picture this. You play any minion at all, and it goes... And your opponent doesn't deal with it. You go face for one for one attack, two attack, whatever. And then you play this. And then you've got 10 damage that you can deal to your opponent's board. Out of nowhere. It, it, it's legitimately insane. Like, this card is, is above a 5. If we did any score above a 5, I would give it that. Um, and it's, it is a core reason why Galakron Shaman is so good right now. Because... Galakrond Shaman has so many ways to develop minions onto the board, and then this creates, uh, takes advantage of those, makes them into bigger things. I mean, if if Galakrond Shaman summons a 2-1 elemental with Rush that can attack into a 0-2, then you can upgrade it into this and it can attack again. So that's usually not how it's going to go down, but just the the high potential is insane. And the low potential is that you deal 10 damage, I mean, you kill a mountain giant as long as you have one other minion on the board. It's just stupid good. It's a five in Constructed. It's a five in Arena also because being able to deal damage on the board is insane. That's really all there is to say about this. Oh, yeah, and in in Galakron Shaman, if you're running Shutterwalk, this effect will create other Shutterwalks on the board, which is potentially a really big problem. But um, we're almost done with this uh, rotation, so... Devoted Maniac, 4-mana 2-2 with Rush, Battlecry, Invoke, Galakron. So in the first episode of these reviews, I was talking about how the neutral minions would probably be fine. And again, if you've been playing any Galakron decks, you have seen two Devoted Maniacs in pretty much every single one of them. Because dealing two damage on the board is fine. 
Galakron Shaman's proven that. And then invoking for for any of them, I mean, you want to do that regardless of what the payoff is. Priest is the least immediate out of all of them. But this is another reason why Galakron Shaman's so good. For four mana, you're getting a 2-2 with Rush and a 2-1 with Rush. That's crazy. You play this in Rogue, and it's fine. You play this in Warlock, which Galakron Warlock wants a lot of minions on the board and is fine with this Rush mechanic and is fine with the 2-1-1s that it spawned also. This has really become an MVP. I'm, I'm tempted, honestly, to give it a 5. Because there are Galakron decks that don't do quite as well with it, it's probably more realistically a 4. Um, but this is perfect. Really what it's asking is if your classes invoke cards aren't that great, just play me. I'll take care of things, okay? Don't worry about it. So uh, Devoted Maniac, really, really strong card in this set. And I, I want to jump ahead to Shield of Galakrond here, which is 5 mana, 4, 5, Taunt, and Battlecry, Invoke Galakrond. This is the card that you got two copies of for free for logging in. And again, it's seeing a ton of play because it's asking the exact same question. Hey, are your Invoke cards not good enough? Try a 5 mana, 4, 5 with Taunt, which is perfectly fine. Um, you know, you play this... Uh, I, I guess Galakrond Shaman is what I've played most of because I did hit rank 5 with that. Um, but I also have played some Galakrond Warrior decks. I actually played some Galakrond Warlock today for the first time. And I was actually mega impressed. I don't think it was playing Shield of Galakrond, though, in that. Um, and then I have played some... Well, I played a little bit of Priest and I lost every game. Priest is not doing so hot right now. Sorry, Steve. Um, this is just a... It's a solid card. It's Steve and I's average scores here are a four. Uh, I'm honestly starting to talk myself down to a three. Where it's like, yeah, I I think the Devoted Maniac is more of an inclusion or an auto-include than Shield of Galakrond. A 4 is probably still fair. It's it's somewhere in between-ish. Um, but it's it's just good. And it's it's a solid one. Don't be upset that you got them for free. Evasive Draconid is next. 7 mana, 7-7 seven, seven Dragon. Taunt can't be targeted by spells or hero powers. So Deadly Shot is the worst nightmare against this. But other than that, and I guess the Priest Galakrond, uh, Twisting Nether, but you don't want to play Twisting Nether against just this. This is just a solid, solid mini to play to get back on the board and force your opponent to deal with it. Even if they have a lot of stuff on their side of the board, this card kills everything. So it's kind of a board clear in its own right, honestly. That can't be targeted by spells or hero powers is a really, really big deal. And it's a big deal for the rest of the neutrals that we'll talk about that have this effect as well. I think it's a solid four. It might even be higher. And in arena, it's a five because your opponent's even less likely to have the right stuff and is going to have to deal with it. And Oh, and by the way, if they can't deal with it, guess what's coming at your face next turn? Seven attack. That's a big deal. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, this combo is just really, really strong. Twin Tyrant, an 8-mana 4-10 dragon. Battlecry, deal 4 damage to 2 random enemy minions. I was high on this card. Um, everybody was low on this card. Ixar said, you will believe on this card on social media to someone. And now we're in a place again where it's just not really seeing that much play. I mean, it's a lot of stats, don't get me wrong. And it's a buffed up deadly shot, or not deadly shot, um, uh, multi-shot uh, for Hunter that's attached to the body. The problem is like, I, I think that, I think that big beefed up dragon decks want to just play stuff that's heavy. 
And so the fact that this effect isn't really helping you with that, um, your four damage, unless, okay, here are the two situations. You're playing against someone who's aggressive, and big deal, you killed two minions. They've got more in their hand. They probably have more on the, on the field by this turn, and so they're probably just going to run you down and you're dead. Didn't help you. If your opponent's a control deck, dealing four damage usually isn't enough to actually deal with what's on their board. So you will have weakened them, and that's perfectly fine, but it's not actually getting you anywhere and didn't effectively did nothing on your turn. So it's an eight mana 410. And I'll tell you, I would never play a neutral eight mana 410 dragon in my deck, which I think is what this is kind of becoming. I, I still think there's kind of some potential, but I'm way lower on this card than I once was. Um, let me see if Steve can talk me up here. Uh, <laughs> all he wrote here was, whoa, mama, that battle cry is unconditional? Yes, please. Yeah, it's just a matter of can that battle cry do, do as much as you want. Um, I'm, I'm honestly going to bring this down to a three. I, I'm guessing he's a little lower on this card than he was when he first wrote that. Um, and he can he can talk to us on an episode of Off Curve of why I'm wrong that if he wants. In arena, it's it's much better because your your opponent is less likely to have gotten um, those big beefy minions. Um, I I think it's a five in arena honestly um, because it's board clear and developing, and that four attack is going to be able to trade into a lot of stuff. So yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty high on this on arena. Next is hot air balloon one mana one two mech at the start of your turn gain plus one health. This is the inverse of Micro Machine, a little bit worse because Micro Machine would uh, get buffed up every single turn. Yeah, Combo Priest is running two of these right now, and that seems insane. I don't know what else you play this in. So in the deck that really wants it, it's actually a really strong card that has to be dealt with. The fact that this is a one mana, one three on your next turn is is good. Actually, it's not that good when I think about it, so <laughs> I don't know. I, it's kind of underwhelming in my book. I think it's a three. And the fact that, like, I think about, un, uh, not Unpowered Steam Bot, um, Upgradable Frame Bot. Uh, the fact that that has so much health right out the gates means that uh, means that you're going to have a very valid magnetization target. I think that in those mech decks, you'd rather play that than this, though, because you're going to have a 1-5 on turn three as opposed to when you can magnetize on top of it, as opposed to a 1-4 on turn three. Um, and, and who knows, maybe you run both of them, um, but I think three's fine. And in arena, uh, I mean, one attack is just so bad over there. Um, yeah, I'm going to go to a two. It looks like I was a little higher on this card when we, <laughs> when we were putting in our scores. So I think a two in arena is even a little bit, uh, a little bit nice to it. Next is Camouflage Dirigible. A 6-mana six 6-6 six, six mech battle cry. Give your other mech stealth until your next turn. Uh, the only reason you play this card is in an aggressive mech deck where you are going to hide your board from any kind of trading or spells cast on it, and you've got lethal the next turn. It's actually an interesting effect for that reason, and I think that in, like, Mech Hunter is really the only aggressive mech deck we've seen that ha has had a really good... Uh, winning chance in that deck I could see running one of these where you use it as like your guaranteed win the next turn card essentially uh, but even then your opponent can deal with the board potentially with some cards um, they can put a taunt in the way so it's not um, and if you just play this as a six mana six six all right good job I mean it's it's a lot of attacks your opponent has to deal with it but they probably can so 
I think it's probably more realistically a two. It could find some, a place in some decks. Um, but yeah, I just don't know. Um, <laughs> my my notes for this card was it's a 6-6 six, six for Arena. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's probably a three there just for that. Um, but that that's literally all I saw in this card <laughs> at that time. Next is Plate Breaker, 5-mana, five 5-5, five, Battle Cry, destroy your opponent's armor. Some people were insane about this card on day on on its reveal, um, and yes, we should be rejoicing that this effect even exists in the game because there have been times during the days of Odd Warrior, Jade Druid, where opponents have had amounts of armor that are ungodly and unnecessary. So the fact that this exists is great for the game to keep those decks in check and make sure that there is a counter at the time. The problem is, unless those decks are overwhelmingly, uh, uh, um, oh my gosh, what is the word? Just, uh, just insane in the meta. You're not, you're never going to put this into your deck, because there are so many classes where they don't have any means of creating armor. So this is just a five mana five five. No, don't don't put that in your deck. Um, I think this is probably like a two. I mean, we both, Steve and I both gave it threes in both categories, but I think it's a two. <laughs> like, there's just a very, very unique place. Where I, okay, it's a three because in that unique place, you have to play it. I could see in the olden days of Odd Warrior where you would put one of this in every single deck, maybe even two. Um, but, and, and then in Arena, it's just a five mana, five, five, so... Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll do threes across the board on it, even though it's probably a little worse than that technically. <laughs> Evasive Kamara, Kamara, two mana two one beast poisonous can't be targeted by spells or hero powers. If it said stealth instead of that can't be targeted, I'd be way more interested in it because this can be traded into by literally anything. So if your opponent has a board at all, if they have any rush minions at all, uh, this thing is going to die. Whatever it is, I really can't tell what it is. It's a beast, but it looks like a like little demon imps or, so, or something like that. Um, so it's probably no better than a two in constructed. Maybe there's some times where you just want to get a poisonous minion on the board early, um, or ensure that your opponent can't deal with any, with it. Um, but I, 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 well, honestly, this feels very much like a patient assassin to me, which does have stealth and still doesn't see play. So. I don't know. Steve, did you come up with anything? Maybe a beast hunter wants this. Poison can occasionally be relevant, I guess. But um, I'm honestly thinking it could be a one. But I'll keep it at a two for now. And in Arena, it's got poisonous, and, and your opponent can't deal with it. So uh, this is essentially a removal card. So it's it's a three. Uh, and you'll you'll pick it just purely for the removal. Tasty Flyfish is a two-mana, two-two Murloc. Death Rattle, give a dragon in your hand, plus two, plus two. I saw no relevance of this card in any aspect of the world until I played that Admirable and Zelay Galakron list that was running two of these in it because that Scion dr- Dragon, if it gets buffed by plus two plus two, is all of a sudden three five fours with Rush, which is insane. By the way, that deck runs War, uh, Voon? War Dragon Voon the thing that Battlecry copies all dragons in your hand. So if you get this buffed on a Scion and then double all those Scions in your hand, 
You've got so much removal, it's insane. Now, outside of that, I don't think there's any good reason to play this. I mean, it's fine as a two-mana 2-2 two, two that can buff something in your hand. Um, if it were 3-2, I would be much more interested in it because it can trade a lot more aggressively. But without that, uh, it's just okay. So I think I think twos across the board are probably fair for this one. Next here is Firehawk, 3-mana, 1-3 elemental. Battle Cry, gain plus one attack for each card in your opponent's hand. Um, I, I do have to call out uh, Dragon Rider in the chat. Did say its art is amazing, though, for, for Flyfish or Tasty Flyfish, and I totally agree. And the, apparently the golden one has fruit raining down, and that's amazing. Thank you for, for pointing that out. Um, so Firehawk here, 3-mana, uh, 1-3 elemental. Battle Cry gain plus one attack for each card in your opponent's hand. This is like one of those weird tech cards that doesn't really do anything. If you're playing against Handlock, then sure, this could be a 3-mana... I don't know, 9-3 that they just kill with that new 2-mana spell that deals 4 damage if they're holding a dragon or with a Hellfire. I just don't really see any reason you play this card. I give it a way higher score than I would think. Um, Steve did bring up the handlock point and said it's a heck of a gamble unless you're running things like Cold Light Oracle and Wild. On average, it'll be a 4-3 or better on 3. It isn't terrible, and it's an elemental for decks that care about such things. Okay, fine. Well done, Steve, um, or Ghost of Steve within the spreadsheets. You talked me up to a three. And in Arena, it's probably for the exact same reasons there. Um, actually, I kind of want to go down on it because there are times when you're top-decking this and it's just a one-three that, ugh, it's really not good. I'll keep it as a three. Uh, Gobaglide Tech is a three-mana three-three battle cry. If you control a mech, gain plus one, plus one, and rush. So three-mana four-four with rush is very strong. Don't get me wrong. And I immediately thought about the Tink Master or the Tinkerer in Goblins vs. Gnomes. It was a 3-mana 3-3. If you had a mech in your hand, gain plus 1, plus 1, and add a spare part to your hand. That's a play in every single mech deck because it was just a strong turn 3 play. This is a little bit different um, because mech decks want to be more aggressive on the whole, uh, except for mech paladin. I guess I could see this actually seeing... Some good play. The, the big question is, do you have nothing else that you want to play on turn three? If the answer is, yeah, I don't have anything else that I want to play, then great. Put two of these in your deck. It's a really nice mid-game control tactic that you can have. Um, but if you do have some other three-mana mechs that you'd rather play, like Mech Hunter has Spider Bomb, which you're not taking that out of that deck. Um, Mech Paladin, I can't think of what they're playing on turn three. They actually play Call to Adventure and maybe something else. So it's kind of hard for me to see exactly where this is going to fit. I think it's probably threes across the board. And in Arena, if it's a three-minute three-three, great. If you get the upside, then that's far better. Next is Living Dragon Breath, three-minute three-four elemental. Your minions can't be frozen. This is a really cool effect. I like that this is in the game. Now, we, we got several of these cool tech cards where it's like, the fact that this exists is the thing I'm most excited about, not the card itself. Because this is a 3-mana three 3-4 three, elemental. It could, it could be a whole lot worse. I think that where this card is really going to see play is in aggressive decks. Because if frozen, uh, if freeze effects are a strategy that people are playing, having this, if they've frozen your board to try and stay away from lethal, you can play this. And I think it'll immediately unfreeze your minions and you can just go face with them. You might be able to close out the game because you had this in your list. So, um that was really the big thing that I saw this seeing play in. Let's see what Steve said. 
the exact the exact same thing. He said you'd have to be super tilted to put this in a deck on purpose. I think so. I and again, it's it's a matter of what's on the ladder right now. If I'm playing super aggressively and freeze mage is crazy out there, then sure. Um, but yeah, otherwise probably not. So I, I think it's threes across the board. You play because it's a three four elemental in arena. Next is Hippogriff, four mana, two, six. We're, re- we're reaching the point where we've got just a bunch of just normal cards here, essentially. Hippogriff is a four mana, two, six beast with rush and taunt. Really weird that you put those two effects on top of each other because rush deals with things immediately. Taunt is so that your opponent has to deal with it. So it's kind of good because it has both of them, but it's just a pretty clunky card. Because it's a beast, it could, um, you know, if you get this off of random beast effects and end up having other effects that can buff beasts, sure. Um, but I don't think you're ever going to really run this in a, in a deck. It's probably a two in Constructed. In Arena, it could be a little bit better. I mean, just the fact that it uh, has things on both sides. I, so I'll, I'll put it as a four in Arena. Uh, Gyrocopter is next. Six mana, four, five, mech, rush, and wind fury. This is an upgrade on wind fury harpy. And really the reason uh, cards with just Wind Fury have never really worked is because they didn't do anything immediately, and your opponent could just deal with it, uh, kill it. The fact that this can attack immediately into two different minions is really, really strong, or even one minion. It could deal eight damage to something as long as uh, that minion doesn't have uh, more than four attack on it. So um, something like, uh, what's the 4-8 taunt uh, that Druid has? I don't know why that's coming to mind because it's super meta, obviously, right? And then the fact that you can magnetize stuff on top of this, that's pretty upside too. So I would say it's probably an, a very average three. It's not going to see a ton of play, but I think in the right mech decks, you you won't mind this. And in Arena, it's much better. I would, I would probably say it's a five, honestly. I mean, we both gave it fours in this, but when I think about it, this is just removal, essentially in arena and if you just play it as is that's perfectly fine too i think it deserves a five get at me steve let me know what you think blazing battle mage is a one mana two two that's it this is being run uh, two ofs in every aggressive deck right now Uh, if you have a token strategy just having a one mana two two is perfectly fine if you're running a face strategy uh, just having this go down on turn one there are far worse cards you could be playing so um it's fours across the board. There's not a lot to say about it. You just you throw this in. I was kind of surprised. I didn't think it'd be seeing as much play as it does, but apparently I need to go face more often. Next is Parachute Brigand, a two-mana 2-2 two, two pirate. After you play a pirate, summon this minion from your hand. This is the new Patches the Pirate. It's a little bit more fair because it requires, or it's asking that it's in your hand, which is a bigger deal, and the fact that it's being played from your hand means that um, you're kind of effectively losing a card. Now, free 2-2 is fine, but if you don't have draw strategies that can refill your hand, you, you, you gain tempo immediately, but you're losing tempo in the long run. So there is a payoff, but pirate, uh, pirate decks are going to be more aggressive on the whole. I, I don't think you play this card in any deck that isn't aggressive, and so you're more than willing to make that sacrifice for that. So I think it's a solid five. I've been seeing a ton of play uh, for it in Pirate Warrior decks. I haven't uh, gone to that dark side quite yet. <laughs> I'm sure I will at some point. Um, uh, and with Sky Barge, it's just insane. I, I've had many Pirate Warriors, actually, that I've played against that they had both Sky Barges on the board on turn four or five and were able to play a Pirate and activate that or activate 
each sky barge twice um, because of the pirate they played in this brigand. So yeah, easy five and constructed in arena. It's a two. It's understated. You're likely not going to get the effect. And I don't know that you're as willing to make that sacrifice that I mentioned before. Troll Bat Rider is a four mana three three battle cry. Deal three damage to a random enemy minion. Seeing ton of play right now in Shaman because Shaman is powerful and battle cries are good. It's kind of like Bomb Lobber, essentially. It's uh, a little. Bomb Lobber was a five mana four or a five mana three three that battle cry dealt four damage to a random enemy minion. So, um, yeah, you just play this. And if if you're playing Quest Shaman and you hero power and you deal twice. This is a um, that's a six mana three three with a multi shot attached to it. It's really really strong. I think it's um, it's fours just because on its own it's it's fine. Um, and in arena, it's yeah it's a solid four there too. I would probably pick this off and maybe it's a five. Did Steve have anything? No, we just both gave it fours. I think it's just because it's kind of not exciting at the end of the day too. Next one is Wing Commander. Four mana, two, five. Has plus two attack for each dragon in your hand. You better have some dragons in your hand. And by the way, you're giving your opponent information by playing this. And it doesn't synergize itself. Like, it doesn't help your dragon strategy. This is a way weird card. And I don't get it. It's a one in Constructed. It might actually be a zero. I don't think you ever play this card. I don't see any reason... Once I start having the thought that I don't see any reason, Steve's comment on this card is just no. Well, Steve, we're rolling this down to a zero, um, if that's the only word you're putting. Because once I start thinking, is there ever a reason you choose this card for a deck? And I'm th- I'm thinking a solid no. It's got to be a zero. So yeah, I'll put it as a zero for constructed in arena. I mean, a 4-minute 2-5 isn't terrible stats. If you have one um, dragon in your hand, then it's vanilla. Um, it actually is terrible stats, isn't it? It's a one in arena. <laughs> I have to talk myself through it sometimes to understand. Scale Riders, a three mana, three, three battle cry. If you're holding a dragon, deal two damage. I thought this was a three mana, three, two until I started playing against it. And I realized, oh, this is even better than I thought. Cause I was excited to play it as a three mana, three, two that dealt two damage. Um, it's a strong four. I mean, it just is going to be able to deal with stuff. You don't have a lot of early game, uh, minions that you want to play, um, with dragon synergies other than like the baby dragons in the League of Explorer classes. So yeah, this card is already seeing a ton of play. I expected to see even more play in arena. We'll keep it as a four, especially if there are dragons, then you're going to get that upside most of the time. Keep it rolling. And then evasive worm, six mana, five, three dragon, divine shield and rush and can't be targeted by spells or hero powers. This card's seeing quite a bit of play too, because with that Divine Shield and Rush, it effectively is dealing five damage to a target. You could read this as a six mana, five, three dragon, uh, battle cry, deal five damage to an enemy minion. Um, that is five attack is the lucky number that can get through a lot of different stuff. So uh, this is a really solid dragon. Um, you're especially going to be happy to see this come off of the battle cry effects that discover a dragon, because more often than not, it's going to be perfectly fine. It's a four. It might even be higher, but I don't want to argue a five to myself or Phantom Steve right now. (laughs) And then in Arena, it's just a straight-up five because it's just always going to be good. Big ol' Whelp is a five-mana, five-five dragon. Battlecry, draw a card. 
how is this not a better Azure Drake? Like, the stats are better. You never played Azure Drake for the spell damage. I mean, in some decks it was an upside, but that wasn't the reason you played it. This is just better in every way. Honestly, I'm mostly surprised that I'm not seeing it played more. I, I saw it in some Highlander Dragon lists on day one. Um, I think that as we see with with the nerfs that are coming, I think that we'll see more dragon synergies be viable. And if that's the case, Big Ol' Whelp will be a pretty standard mid-game play. It's just solid. Um, it, it helps you with your dragon synergies in your deck. It lets you draw through your cards, and it's a pile of stats that are perfectly fine in that mid-game. So it's a, you know, I'll, I'll give it a four just because it hasn't been breaking the game. That's always a reason to, to do that, right? And then in Arena, it's a five because it replaces itself, all the reasons I just said. All right, and the last uh, neutral here is Evasive Feywing, a four mana 5-4 dragon, can't be targeted by spells or hero powers. This is uh, Mega Fairy Dragon, and that's all there is to say about it. It's not seeing nearly as much play. Um, because I think there are other cards you'd rather play on turn four, especially the Frizz, Frizz Kindle Roost. Is that, man, if I got that right, I'm going to be super impressed, especially at the end of doing all of these cards. Uh, I really want to see, but it's not in front of me. Anyway, um, I think you'd rather play that. You'd rather play, um, any other thing. Fairy Dragon has seen some play because putting a big minion that can't be targeted by those things means your opponent has to, uh, use something that's less than ideal for them, more than likely. So it'll see some play, but it's not that exciting. Um, I think a three is probably fair in Constructed. In Arena, it's a little bit better. It'll be a four. Solid four there. All right. Goodness. So I made it through Paladin and Neutral cards without my BFF Steve. And what I'm going to need to do now, though, is somehow talk about doing a card of the week. Um, my voice is actually more fried than it typically is because I guess when I do the solo episodes for this show, I actually am not talking this long and this hard. I tried to take as few breaks as possible because it'll make editing this really long show a little bit easier. But I've, I've got something left in my vocal range. And because tis the season, I had to go with a very classic uh, song that you're familiar with this time of year. Here we go. You know aggro and control, Highlander and secret, Shervala and hand buff, Shakadin and dual big, but you've never seen an archetype that's this clean. Just load your deck with class cards, not a single neutral will do. Then when your friends ask what's that, you'll say it's pure through and through. Thanks to a big war golem that draws you a ton of cards. You'll find you never run out of initiative to put you in charge. Lightforge Crusader is so great, but if you're still not sold, about a 4-2 body on your silver, that design sure would be bold. As long as the class cards are good. For Uther and Liadrin, you can expect to see me playing Paladin Paladin. <laughs> uh, that's my song. I wish you were here to make fun of me in person, Steve. Lightforge Crusader, and I had to throw in the Zealot also because you kind of have to talk about these cards together. Lightforge Crusader is a 7-mana seven 7-7 seven, seven epic Paladin card. 
Battlecry, if your deck has no neutral cards, add five random paladin cards to your hand. So like I mentioned in the song, this is a war golem that gives you five cards. Five cards. That's a lot. I actually heard someone compare this to Divine Favor on a stick, but it's a controllable uh, Divine Favor on a stick. You think about Kabbalah's Tome, which I talked about earlier in the episode. It's a five-mana spell that I wanted three random spells on. The fact that they're spells, it's a little more controllable what you're getting than just straight-up class cards. But you're getting five of them. It's just really absurd, honestly. And I played four games of Pure Paladin with this with this card in it. Uh, well, because this card is the reason you're playing Pure Paladin, essentially. And I found, I found this list from a player called Misplay who played it in really high legend ranks. And though this archetype hasn't been making a big, a big, uh, uh, a big deal, I guess, uh, this card did it for me, essentially, in the one game that it actually came through. <laughs> so out of those four games, I want you to guess how many I won. I was playing at rank five, to be fair. So there may have been people just testing decks and stuff. I did come up against two Galakron Shaman in that. I think one was a Pirate Warrior. Have you guessed? I won all four games. I won 100% with this list. Now, really small sample size. So take it with a grain of salt. But I was, I was seriously impressed. What was interesting, it was, it was only the one game that I, I actually kept playing because I was like, I have to play with this card to really see how it does. And because it's a really aggressive build of Paladin, uh, Lifeforge Crusader is the top end. And the idea is you're playing out all of your cards. When you get to turn seven or eight, if you have Crusader in hand, you just slap it down and it refills your hand with a bunch of stuff that you can deal do. Um, it's strong. I, I, most of the time, Agro Paladin's good enough on its own that it can close out games. But for this to be your backup makes it well worth it. And I remember thinking about this with Highlander Hunter. Uh, that I felt like Hunter was a class that was good enough with all of its packaged cards to only have one of. Paladin is a great example of a class where I feel like it's very strong with its class cards. There, Paladin has long been known for some really powerful um, class cards. I got a Blessing of Might off of Crusader in the one game I played, which was just enough for lethal. And that's what I needed. And actually, the other part of lethal was Lifeforge Zealot, which I'll, I'll combo on here. Four mana, four, two, battle cry. If your deck has no neutral cards, equip a four, two, trill, true silver champion. So this is an even better horde pillager in some ways, in some decks, because it's um, you don't even have to run true silver champion in your deck. This is just a pure upgrade. And by the way, uh, you see what I did there? And people have been running true silver champion in their decks because it's a perfectly fine card on its own. Um... Yeah, these are both really solid cards, and honestly, they're fine on their own. I was expecting to see more cards to support this archetype, but I don't think you need them. They're just really good. Um, I, I still am probably going to go with fours on Constructed for both of them, um, mostly because I think I think Steve would be talking me down a little bit. I mean, I had a, I, he probably hasn't tested this out either, so he might, he might he might trust me with these. Let's see what he said. Random Paladin cards are a super mixed bag, and the deck you need to build to get this to go off is kind of all over the place. Fun concept, but seems underwhelming in reality. Yeah, my experience says otherwise. <laughs> and there are going to be some times that it whiffs. I, I, he, he put these as threes, so I think that fours are, are perfectly fine. In Arena, 
I mean, it's a war golem, which you don't, uh, or the Crusader's a war golem, which you don't want, so it's a, probably a two, and Lightforge Zealot is a two also, because it's going to be really hard to draft your deck that way, so, um, yeah, put them as fours and twos, just like Lightforge Zealot, huh? I wish I did that on purpose. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I, I had these grand thoughts that somehow I'd be able to get through these cards faster. I think I took up about as much time as um, as I would have with Steve, though, so... Uh, I guess you're welcome for not um, for not skimping on the content. But let's go ahead and close down this show very quickly here. I want to remind you, as always, that you are the happy Hearthstone. This podcast exists for you. And thank you so much to everyone who is a part of the Twitch streams that were here. Um, I know I saw Dragon Rider and Teagues in tonight, so thank you so much for uh, being a part of being in here. And Ben Plays Hearthstone also subscribed in the previous episode. So thank you, Ben, so much for supporting the show that way through your Twitch Prime subscription. And uh, thank you so much to all of the patrons of the Happy Hearthstone that are investing in their own gameplay and helping the show get better at the same time. You can go over to patreon.com slash the Happy Hearthstone to check out how you can get involved and get some great perks as well. And thank you so much, Menoch, Jay Miller, and Number Theory for being producers of the Happy Hearthstone. Um, it's an honor to get to uh, coach these guys every single month. And uh, this month's been a little crazy, so I think I'll be doing, I'll be rolling most of their coaching in the next month. I just want you three to know, I do feel like I'm missing out on some time with some really good friends uh, because we're doing that. So uh, really necessary because of our schedule and stuff, but um, love you very much and very thankful that you're part of this. And if you enjoy the show, please consider going and leaving an iTunes review to let others know what you thought. It helps the show for the indefinite future as long as I'm around, uh, which will be for a while. And uh, yeah, that's about all I can think of. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrews Living. Uh, email the show at thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com. Let me know if you'd like to come on for a future episode and be a co-host. You can follow Steve on Twitter at Wicked Good and check out his show Off Curve. Please listen to it if you have not yet. You're silly. And if you have listened to it, then you're correct. You're doing the right thing. And you can go to offcurve.com to check out all of his dashboards and really cool stuff. Um, that that's truly everything so thank you all so much for being a part of these review episodes i look forward to them every single time we do them they're a labor of love uh it's it's a long haul for sure but um they're a lot of fun so i hope you enjoyed them as much as we enjoyed creating them and uh, we'll look forward to doing them again soon uh, enjoy the nerfs whenever they hit. I'll be looking forward to talking about probably the meta and decks that I've been playing with in the next episode, um, which I, I'm going to try actually doing some like uh, walk to work off curve action um, by recording while I'm out and about in the city. Uh, I'll, I'll be working remotely while I'm with my family. So we'll see how that turns out. Hopefully it's listenable. Uh, but thank you so much for visiting the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us. I'll see you next time. <laughs>